Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the BestOfProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joe, today we have Birdie. And Nico. Yo, yo. Just interrupted Birdie's whole thing. <sighs> yeah, so we got a full crew today. Howdy. <laughs> yeah. So, we're here. We're talking about comics. Um, event stuff up at the front. So, Doomsday Clock 7 came out. Um, Nico has got a chance to read it. I have not. So we're gonna be holding off on that until next show, unfortunately. Yeah, fear not though. It, it the pace they're going with coming out every two months. A next issue will not probably come out by the time we record. So we'll probably still have time to talk about that before the next one. So, oh yeah. yeah, but we do have another event to talk about. Heroes in Crisis. It has begun. But before that, Birdie, you had some stuff you want to talk about. Before that. <laughs> okay you okay yeah (laughs) so I'm just queuing up a week's worth of me yelling at dead man to remind myself what I said about this as I was reading it yeah so when so just for a little backstory Heroes in Crisis had been announced for a little while. It was getting up to the ramp up, and I started getting texts from Birdie about this one book that he started reading again in wake of Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, it was a book that I have widely considered one of the worst books ever made, but I hadn't touched it in over a decade. And also, it bears a striking resemblance to at least the setup of Heroes in Crisis, so it turned out to be a golden opportunity. Can I guess? (laughs) It's not a hard guess, Nico, but go ahead. Identity crisis? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Give the man the prize for our most fucking obvious answer in the world. You get the sword that killed Firestorm. <laughs> Sorry, just wipe my memory clean and we'll forget about it. I hate this fucking book. I hate this book. I hate this book. I hate this book. I hate this book. Yeah, so it was essentially a week straight of just text after text after text from Birdie of him just <laughs> recounting every instance of hate he had for this book, essentially panel by panel. Yeah, I've never done that before. <laughs> maybe <laughs> if I had read Civil, maybe if I'd read Civil War for the first time after I met Dead Man, I might have done that, but in certain ways, this okay. So this book is not quite as terrible as Civil War, but it might be more infuriating. Yeah, so, I could see that. There is okay. So I'm going to try to get the 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 big positives out of the way first to kind of offset the vitriol. Be angry, 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 angry. Angry rage. Uh, <laughs> Rags Morales might be a better artist than um, David Marquez. Is it Dave Marquez? David Marquez. Yeah. 
No. And I like him for a lot of the same reasons. Like, a lot of attention to detail, a lot of ability to draw different types of characters with really expressive emotions and fight mm. scenes. Um, the concept of the story is conceptually interesting, I suppose. <laughs> Apparently it wasn't to Brad Meltzer while he was writing it, because he seemed to have no interest in really writing that story. No, so let's have oh. Dr. Light rape somebody. Uh, I'm really really proud of Birdie here. This is some great constructive criticism before he shits all over it. This is great. That's nice. I like that. That was good. He's that learning. Was, I know, it took a lot. I, I, I can feel the pain in his voice. That that took a lot. That was good, Bruce. <laughs> okay. So, before getting super deep into it, for those who don't know, Identity Crisis was a book that came out a little, like around a decade ago, I think? 2004. 2004. 2004. Yeah, 2004. Um, and it was ostensibly a murder mystery. Uh, Ralph Dibney, yes. the elongated man, who some of you may have seen all rightly portrayed in The Flash. Uh, yeah, if, that guy. He had Terrible a wife. season, but he was okay in it. Yeah, he had a wife. Her name was Sue Dibney. She was pretty great from all these hitters. She, like, she was, she, like, fucking people knew her. Everything was great. Uh, she died. Horribly. Horribly. Yeah, uh, let me bring up the quote. Because, like, okay, that's, okay, that's the other big positive. Um... Unlike Civil War, where I'm not entirely sure Mark Millar's ever read a comic featuring any of these characters other than his own Ultimate comics, because I don't get any sense that he understands who these people are at all. Um, I get a sense that Brad Meltzer at least understands who these characters are. Yeah. And likes these characters. I don't think Mark Millar liked the characters in Civil War. And there's this quote that I like in the first chapter that uh, is, shows how uh, Ralph and Sue Dibney met. Uh, he was a new superhero working in Central City uh, when Barry Allen the Flash was the hottest shit. But as everyone was creaming themselves over the Flash, she came over to talk to him. And the quote he used is like, but that's why ice cream stores don't just sell chocolate and vanilla. Every once in a while, someone walks up and orders butter pecan. <laughs> and that's a great line. Yeah, it is. It, it suggests uh, an understanding of the characters that the rest of this book mm -hmm. seems to not get. Yeah, right. that's that's the weirdest yeah. fucking thing about this book is like yeah. that beginning bit. Like maybe not the entirety of the first chapter, but like part of it at least. Oh, definitely not the definitely not the the, fir the whole first chapter because I, I can tell you the exact panel I remembered starting to hate this book again. Oh, really? I I'm not, I'm absolutely with both of you guys on that. I think yeah, the, what the biggest one of the biggest other than the choices he made with the story in this, one of the biggest uh, flaws in this book is the characters sound out of character the entire story. Like he, it's like he doesn't know how to write any of these characters in multiple scenes. It's that's for me at least. I, it's, I think that's a failing of the plot, not of he. He understands who these characters are, but they he keeps failing to fit them into the plot. Yeah. That is to say, if there is a plot, because this thing is so fucking. Yeah, it's like it's like he wrote out a. It's like he wrote out the beginning of a thing. It's like all right, got an exciting yeah, okay, incident. Where yeah. do we go from there? Biggest Fuck. biggest conceptual problem with this book, and I mentioned this to Dead Man. 
Okay, mystery storytelling can kind of work in, like, monthly issue day-to-day comics. Because you can, like, progress a plot while also giving pieces to the mystery and have the two plots play out simultaneously. That's fine. Yeah. But a murder mystery? You have to write that down in its entirety first. Yeah, you need to know. Because if you don't... You are going to look like an asshole who has no idea what the hell he's doing and make your and treat your audience like idiots. Yes, you need to know you need to know who done it, how they did it, why they did it, and then and then fill out the rest of it before you even like start scripting it out for an actual uh, comic script. I actually have a question because I didn't, I wasn't reading comics at the time when this came out. I read this afterwards, and I know this was a controversial book even at that time. But was this Meltzer's first comic work for DC and in in general, or did he write Green Arrow first before this? I don't remember. Let me. Look. I'm checking. I I think okay. this may have been the time where they were bringing in writers that weren't known for writing comics yeah, that, to write that was true. comics, like with the Kevin I mean, Smith. Brad Meltzer wrote and the. No, uh, crime novels for many years right. prior to writing Identity Crisis, which is weird because this does not feel like it's written by a crime novel writer. So this he is did. Like... So he did uh, Green Arrow: The Archer's Quest in two thousand two. So this was before that. Uh, before uh, who he wrote that before? Identity yeah, Crisis. and then okay. Identity Crisis came out in 2000, 2004, 2005. Okay, because he yeah he followed Kevin Smith on the Green Arrow book, and I remember that was actually well received from what I remember the Green Arrow book. Uh, yeah, he wrote five issues, um, issues sixteen through twenty one. Okay, and he also wrote children's books. <laughs> yeah, he did a bunch of fucking mystery. I novels just want some that he some is. context because I know that he's not he was not a known comic writer at this point in time. No, like, yeah, at, yeah, at that point he was. Mainly known for a just a bunch just a bunch of fucking books. Surprising that they would give him a, an event such as this, though. At that time, like it, it, that, really kind of speaks to the shithole that the industry was at that time. <laughs> like they had to, like you know, to pull themselves out of the bankruptcy of the nineties. I mean, this, this was <laughs> okay. I mean, this was several years Marvel, after the worst of yeah. the of the nineties. Sure, splurge. That's actually for a couple of. Uh, years in the late 90s and early 2000s before Marvel really got its act together DC had a bigger market share than Marvel so it was not and a lot of those books from that period are really great like Grant Morrison's JLA run or um uh, his was 90 Young Justice uh, Teen Titans there's a lot of good books from this period it seems odd I, I honestly credit this book with a lot of the, like, okay, so remember when we were doing the good, the bad, and the fuck, one of the categories we picked for the bad was also how much negative impact it had on the industry. Yeah. Holy God. Identity Crisis may have had more it bad impact on DC than even Civil War had on Marvel. <laughs> if you just look at the sheer number of bad books that must have happened because of Identity Crisis. Yeah, and then, like... <laughs> And then, like, when Infinite Crisis started coming out, this was one of the things where where the old Superman was like, yo, this is fucked. What the fuck are you people doing? Yeah. I mean, even to consider this one of the crises events is kind of ridiculous. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? You're, you're going to put this up against, like, a crisis on Infinite Earths? Like, yeah, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, know yeah you got fucking, like, all the crises, you got fucking... End of reality, someone trying to reshape all of reality, fucking gods and shit murdering heroes, and then 
a really nice lady got murdered. <laughs> Anyways, so anyway. Bernie, let's get into what pissed you off. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot, but, um, so, a personal pet peeve of mine came up right at the end of the, la- of the, fir- the last panel of the first issue. Because it's a cheap shot that no competent writer does as a one-off. No. So, so okay. The thing that starts, as Deadman said, the event that starts this storyline is the murder of Sue Dibney. What most people gloss over in this is that the last panel of the first chapter reveals... Oh no, Sue was also pregnant when she was murdered, and they'd been trying for 20 years. <laughs> fuck, right. Shit. Oh god, that's stupid. What the fuck, Meltzer? It wasn't brought up before this comic, it's never brought up again in this comic, and the only impact it has is in Blackest Night when they're making fun of this comic. Like, fuck, did you think... Did you think it wasn't sad enough killing the lady? Like, no, oh, that's just killing her, lighting her on fire. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, fucking, the first time we see her, like, I think the first time we see her is, like, just, first time we see her, she's like, oh, happy stuff. Next time we see her, she's a fucking charred corpse. <laughs> it's good to watch her husband fucking melt in the rain. Yeah, well, not in the rain, in the fire extinguishers in the house. Oh, I, I thought, I thought, like, the fire had fucking broken up, in the ha- broken up the roof and then rain was coming in, so it looked like it was so... Fucking raining uh, and crying. I don't know. I could look again. I don't know, but I don't care that much. I can't Fair. recall. Is this is this the book with the with the Deathstroke scene? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, whoops! Yeah, everybody's that's ass. One of the, that's one of the big I, dumb moments. And I don't know. I enjoyed that. It. I remember enjoying that. <laughs> I, okay. I guess I'll just go through this point by point. I'll yeah. Go do ahead. That one Sorry. first. Okay. So I don't hate that scene as much as other people. Like some of the big ones that people complained about, I can see the justification in the in the writer's head. I just think it's stupid how he planned it out. Like specifically, the Flash. The justification in the writer's head was, oh, Deathstroke set off a whole bunch of bombs specifically so that he knew when the flat when the speedster came after him, he knew the only place he could attack him from and planned accordingly. That's still stupid because the Flash can move faster than he could possibly react unless he's like one of those villains who can whose brain can move fast. Oh, plus they also use the wonderful old cliche. He everyone else only uses ten percent of their brain power. He uses ninety. Yeah. So you know to add to the stupid, but no the big the big one, the one that no one can defend. Is Deathstroke overwilling the lantern ring? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did do that. There's, there's no justification for that. None. Absolutely Batman did that none. too. Yeah, I mean, if you start picking it apart of how he was able to do that, it is kind of ridiculous. But I think that for a, a book like this, like that was a good action scene in a book that lacked. That kind of shit, you know what I mean? Like I, I did pointless. Yeah, that's no, other, absolutely. That, yeah, I just the, big, the, the whole the whole. And this is another big plot problem with this. The whole Doctor Light angle is pointless. Yeah, yeah, just a red herring. It is a red herring. They literally raped a character and mind raped two other characters for no fucking reason. 
and one of those two other characters was Batman. Yeah, which That's, is again, it's like uh, as much as I say, Brad Meltzer seems to like know and like these characters. He, I don't know what he had against Sue Dibney that he just yeah he piled her over so the much goddamn shit on her. coals, literally and metaphorically. Just maybe he to just pile angst on his story. <laughs> maybe like in his mind, he was like, "All right, yeah, so we gotta kill somebody for this mystery." Well, I mean, the man's hor- like not that popular, so his wife must be like real shit. <laughs> as as horrible as all that is, and I agree. I, I for me, the thing that pissed me off the most out of everything is the Zatanna thing. That for me bugged me a lot because that kind of fucked things up for these characters in the relationship moving forward. Oh no, yeah, Zatanna fucking. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 bad in the context because like it. The Zatanna. Thing I mean, this is not the only. I mean, the Zatanna thing is bad in that context, but it's also bad. Uh, Noted for like a endemic problem with bad comics is bad retcons, right? And the idea that you have to think about, oh, this has been hanging over the DC universe literally for decades, and no one has commented on it at all before this point. Not Black Canary when she was getting on her high horse about Batman being too unmeth, uh, too unmoral, or uh, Green Arrow for saying Batman lighten up, or. <laughs> All that shit just fucking out the window because they were all implicit in erasing his fucking memory. Well, not just erasing his memory. They'd done that before. And Batman was not really okay with that, but he let it happen because he saw the necessity of it. Oh, and then also the the mind. And also the the fucking mind alteration thing. That was the reason he was going to attack the Justice League and they felt the need to wipe his mind. Yeah. And they were like, they had to do that. And also the justification for that in my head is hilarious because they're like, Oh, we had to do that. Otherwise, it would mean the end of the Justice League. Why? Uh, spoiler alert. It ended... That act ended the Justice League anyway. <laughs> it, like, in a in a strangely good issue written by... Uh, towards the end uh, by... I can't remember if it was Mark Waid or Kurt Busiek. Uh, Despero, of all people, shows up and takes control of the Justice League. He says, I worked... Spent all, this year, all these years trying to build up a strategy to take out the Justice League, and the League's going to destroy itself. Let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. But don't worry. In the, it, it got better. Superman punched reality, so things all worked out. Yeah, I actually read the... Uh, so the JLA series actually continued for... That JLA series continued for a few issues after I did Infinite Crisis before it uh, ended in... Uh, what was it? Uh, 52. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, here's another shock. They let Brad Meltzer take over the Justice League after this. <laughs> God damn it. Ugh. Okay, so I'm getting... I don't think it's possible to get... Okay, so... It, here's a, a, a point that Deadman and I debated, Nico, that I thought was worth mentioning. I asked mm-hmm. Deadman, because it's a similar kind of story with a similar intent... Um. Why is Tower of Babel held up as one of the great Justice League stories ever told? <sighs> it's but great. But this is considered a controversial, at mm. best, misfire. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me why I think that? I think. I mean, it's... you can. I mean, Deadman gave me his answer. You right. can ask. You can answer if you think, and because if not, I, I'm just going to go off on a series of really. Uh, so yeah, I, I I do see the parallel in terms of like I guess the mistrust and turning the team against each, each other essentially. Uh, but for me, 
uh, this just the Babel thing with Batman just seemed like such more of a believable thing than these things that occur in this story and the choices that he made. Not only the rape, the mind wipe, like it's it, it's it's like and and like and the things that cause like like I said the impact this had moving forward with a story of this caliber on the DC universe at that time. I think that Babel was just a really well told story where people can point back to it and say, yeah, I remember that time that, you know, this thing happened with Batman and the League, but I don't think, like, we're feeling, feeling the reverberation effects, like, from that story still, where we're, go- we're, we're looking back on it and, and shuddering. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like for me, it didn't do that. Like, it was just a yeah. well-told s- story, and I get it. Maybe that, there, that there's always that trust, but, you know, issue with Batman moving forward from there. That's probably the only thing I could say for that. But, yeah, for me, I just don't think it was... It was as horrid as, as this story was. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what uh, dead man basically said the same thing, but uh, his main point was that uh, Mark Wade knew what the story of tower of Babel was. I'm not entirely convinced anyone knew what the story of identity crisis was as it was being written. Cause when you get to the reveal of who was responsible for <laughs> this madness, right? Did you, oh, guys, God. did you guys watch the, do you top the fourth wall like 15 things wrong with identity crisis? Oh, I religiously watched that one. I had to specifically not watch it for several weeks before and after I read this just to not be influenced. <laughs> yes, we're not just doing the same jokes and points over and over again. But my favorite joke of that whole fucking thing was like near the beginning of the video, he brings in fucking Kyle Calgren, who's another, another internet reviewer. And it's like, it's like kind of like gets him into Sherlock Holmes mode and says like, hey, can you fucking hey, read this thing? Try to figure out who killed her. Gets the end with the reveal, and it's like, yes, I know who did it. The clues are obvious. It was clearly a wizard. <laughs> that would make more sense than what they went with. Yeah, because what they went with is retarded. Yeah. Okay, so, again, the beginning... Of, okay, so the who makes no sense. Nope. None at all. No. Nope. And the why makes no sense. <laughs> nope. The how I can conceptually understand the start of it but then everything around it falls apart. Like, okay, so if all that happened was she jumped out of the phone line, grew slightly, and that popping caused the embolism in her brain that killed her, okay, there might not be that much evidence. Although, again, to point to what Linkar said, all these detectives and no one checks the phone records. Yeah, it's fuck, that's one of the first fucking things you do. Like, literally. It's the first goddamn thing they do is like, yeah. all right, so we got a body. All right, let's try to retrace our last step, check our phone records. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, but you can't, but once she drew back to normal size, pulled out weapons, and used what looked like a normal flamethrower yeah, that's, that's, all that's, over the place. That's the thing. She went, she went yeah, there. Yeah, that she just, she, they offhand say, oh, I brought some other weapons just in case. And when I read that, I was like, in case of what? Yeah, like she fucking put on the belt. Then her trench coat, <laughs> then her murder gloves, then packed in the flamethrower, then went through the phone lines. <laughs> I'm just going to scare her a bit. Oh, fuck, she's dead. Well, Mama Loring always said, better be prepared. Time to cover all this up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, the and I, I mentioned this to Dead Man. The justification on that end is that uh, because she came into the, the room microscopic, 
there wouldn't be any trace because you, but I, was like, I, I think I literally wrote out to dead man, fuck microscopic. The atom was microscopic when he was checking the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was microscopic, but then also she grew to normal size. Yeah, she grew to normal size. There was no evidence found using literally mythical, magical forensic technology. I mean, so, the, the saddest part is that the fact that you mentioned, and I had forgotten, I knew he wrote novels, was the fact that you said Meltzer comes from a crime novel background. Like, that's, yeah. mm-hmm. this is a very lazy, like, premise for, well, like, the, well, a reveal. Like I said, when you publish like you said, the premise novel, was good, you but, write the whole thing right. out all at once before you publish it. In the comics world, this came mm. out over the course of a year and six issues. Good point. Good and point. Yeah. clearly, as I was also saying to Dead Man, the one thing I was kind of hoping for as I was reading this is that this would not this would feel like the story was told as intended. But no, this is clearly an editorial nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What with uh, what's uh, Firestorm being literally killed off in one panel for no reason? Yeah, that was the hilarious fucking thing. Like just, they're just going again. around. Talking to other supervillains, like figuring out who killed her, and all of a sudden, Firestorm gets stabbed. Tell my family I love them. This is entire fucking and death. It it it's pointless. It has no meaning in the story. It's just to set up a new Firestorm series after Identity Crisis. <laughs> uh, oh god! Uh, uh, the death of Tim Drake's dad is not only pointless, but also pokes holes in the narrative because it makes you think that apparently Gene Loring really is either mind-bogglingly stupid or really hates her friends and family since her idea was, oh, Tim and Jack are, like, not are like not close because Jack knows his son is Robin and that's causing strain. I know what I'll do. I'll hire a member of the Suicide Squad to kill him and give him a gun to defend himself, and that way everything will be fine. I'm a hero. <laughs> and that whole fucking thing, I... Even, even back... Like, I read this back in high school. Okay, what's the one good thing that came out of this? I read uh, Chuck Dixon's Robin run where they introduced Tim Drake. That's good shit. Yeah, that that's a, a quality recommendation. But part mm-hmm. of the, the the appeal of that was at the start of it, Tim Drake was like, "I don't like this Batman. He's too dark and edge lord. I want to make him a more positive force." Yeah. So this Robin is supposed to be different from Jason Todd, Damian Wayne, Dick Grayson, uh, Dick Grayson. Because he's a mostly normal kid who's really smart. <laughs> yeah, like that's, I was gonna say, like back back when I read this in high school, uh, I was an idiot, so I did enjoy the book. I I wasn't thinking about it too much. I didn't really think about things critically back then. But even back then, the thing that really bugged me was seeing was seeing fucking Jack Drake die. Because yeah, even with my very limited exposure to comics at that time. I knew that that was something different. That 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 made mm-hmm. Tim Drake stand out a lot more as a character. He wasn't just another Robin. He was the normal one. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't yeah. he wasn't just like he wasn't like every he wasn't like literally every other fucking superhero. Where oh yeah, my parents died in a horrible accident. That spawned me to do this. He was like, no, I just wanted to help. It seems he seemed Batman seemed kind of like a dick, and I wanted to get back to being cool. My dad's cool with it. You know, I got a mom, but yeah. like whatever. My dad's, my dad's doing his best. And that was a unique dynamic that made me really like Tim Drake that this book destroyed. Yep. And 
pointlessly. Because I, I, I think all of Batman's sidekicks are forever doomed to get editorially shitted upon. If you're looking at history, like look, I don't know if you guys heard what happened yeah. with Nightwing recently. Yeah, but, shot. Yeah, in the head. Yeah, so, I, I saw. I read like the issue where it happened. Yeah. So like. Yeah, just the entire issue is just like fucking Dick running around cracking jokes, trying to get Batman to fucking get out of his post breakup hump. Like, I find it more interesting that Bruce has the supporting characters behind him that aren't brooding fucking miserable assholes like he is. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, you that's know the what point mean? of like, the Bat family, man. No, but 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 when you have these well, I mean, things happen the to according them. According to uh, DC Editorial and Tom King. Fuck you know, DC Batman Editorial, what do they know? Engine. Batman is an engine that runs on pain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking pray. I pray. That that was an editorial decision. It was. It wasn't Tom King's. I, I heard think, an interview no, with him. I'm not sure. No, well, he said it wasn't. So, I don't know. I guess I'm we'll d- find out with uh, Heroes in Crisis, right, Nico? <laughs> Are we jumping into Heroes in Crisis? No, no, Do you have anything I'm else to say? We're no, almost there. I'll let y'all have that. I've still yep. got some other shit I have to talk about. You don't know uh, my thoughts um, on Heroes in Crisis? There's, there's going to be a three-hour <laughs> three show talking about two comic books. <laughs> I'm sorry. I no, man, it's cool. We need fucking episodes. We need, we, we need the occasional fucking break from the formula to spice things up a bit. No, I like I like going in depth. I mean, like this is going to take place of the Doomsday Clock. We can't. We were not talking about right. Yeah. Which, you know. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. So let's see if there's anything I didn't mention. There's so much bad in this. Co- okay. Um. So. Ugh. Oh, here's another thing I didn't think about when I was talking. So apparently, um, the world's greatest detective was out outwitted by a lawyer. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> like Jean Loring managed to hide her bank accounts in a way that neither Oracle nor Batman could trace. Uh, she managed to hide evidence that she sent threatening letters to Lois Lane in the e- in the mail for. Seemingly no reason, since that aspect had no bearing on the plot at all. Yeah, uh, fuck, I forgot she did that. That went nowhere. Yeah. it was, And the fact that anyone, based on what happened... Okay, so leading into... So the fake-out is when people think that because Captain Boomerang showed up and attacked Jack Drake, that he did it. But any moron would say, no... Captain Boomerang broke through the front door like a caveman. He did not, like, magically work his way through Thanagarian and Apocalypse tech without leaving a trace. Yeah. So the fact that anyone bought that it was him, I was like, are you out of your goddamn minds? Captain Boomerang is a fat motherfucker with a fancy throwing stick. He ain't doing that shit. Granted, I... I find it hard to believe that the phone lines are somehow not protected by this tech, but whatever. <laughs> no, man. Clearly a hardwired like, phone. No, here, no, here's the thing. They tried to input their own phone. They tried to like put in their own fucking phone security, but then the, phone, but then the cable company was like, no, nah, fuck you. Local <laughs> laws, bitch. This is, a Time Warner, this is a Time Warner neighborhood right now, motherfucker. Yeah. So if you look at this, the way the story plays out, they clearly want you to think Gene Loring is insane. Because, well, how else would you justify her thinking 
And the, the weird, stupid scene where Batman says, of course, the people who benefit from Sue Dibney's death are the family members of other superheroes. I'm like, that is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's also idiotic. Like, like, yeah, it really benefited. Hey, how's Tim doing? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so mean to take so much pleasure in your... She- I don't mean to take so much pleasure in your pain gasps, Bertie. I haven't been this angry since I talked about Wonder Woman in, um, fucking, uh... Injustice? What's Injustice, yeah. <laughs> That's a high bar. <sighs> okay, what else did I miss? Oh, right, um, as a weird fuck you moment that I don't get from a writing perspective... Um, when Batman first, because as a detective would ask, who gains the most from Sue Dibney's death? In a weird fuck you moment that makes no sense conceptually and just seems mean-spirited, uh, the first thing that they cut to after Batman asked that question is Ralph laying on his couch, crying his eyes out, and a phone call, phone message saying, Hey, just letting you know, uh, your wife had a huge life insurance policy on her, so we need to negotiate that now that she has been proven dead. Ugh. I'm like, fuck off. Ugh. Like, I'm just, t- like, that one was mind-boggling, because I'm like, what was the point of that in story? Was he trying to, was he, was he trying to imply that Ralph did it? Because no one would buy that based on what you set up. <laughs> yeah, and based on everything we have seen. Just fuck, just Jesus. This book is so bad. Yeah. yeah I just, okay. Alright. I think I'm going to just try to wrap this up now, because at this point I'm just picking apart individual panels. <laughs> which I could do. I could really do. It would be fun. For a while, but I've talked quite a while already. So let's uh, let's okay. So so Gene Loring has to either be insane and stupid, or or like a like an idiot savant or something. Because I can't just I can't connect the weirdly intricate, intelligent or okay, intelligent, stupid way that all this played out with her being so bug nuts crazy that she thinks if I kill another man's wife, it will drive my husband, my ex-husband back to me. Cause like if that, the idea was to help Ralph and Sue be a couple, uh, no, they were happily married for 20 years and about to have a child. So that's just you being a bitch. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> but, like it's, it kind of adds this whole other layer of like fuck you to this book because you see you see Ray and Gene interact in this book and like they're on good terms. They're fucking like Yeah, like the implication is that oh because they're not in gate married anymore, they're in bad shape, which by all indications no that's not true. No, they fucking broke it's, up, this but the implication still... seems to be oh, he has a job. <laughs> yeah, like they fuck they fucking like split up, but they're still in each other's lives, they're still, like, happy and friends with each other. You want to try it again, just fucking say, hey, well, fuck. Want to get some coffee. <laughs> or that. There's a scale. Yeah, but, uh, oh, and, okay, one last big 
the, the, the crime novelist detective failing. How did no one figure out? How did anyone buy that Jean Loring didn't fake her own injuries in ways that are physically impossible? <laughs> <laughs> like they spe- like the panel specifically shows someone someone else is tying the thing around her eyes and mouth in a way, in a way that you can't do from the front. And like she's like throwing the phone and talking it, and like she somehow hung herself and beat herself up and no one's like hey these like even the doctor who discovered the injuries that um had killed uh Sue Dibney did not hey he's like hey these look self-inflicted. Yeah, he, yeah, he was like, uh she she was using her as of yet unobtained uh eclipso powers. Uh, t- <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh god fucking christ this is bad yeah okay and like this okay the only proof in this book as you, you were saying earlier dead man that uh they didn't love that they clearly that uh gene loring and ray palmer clearly still liked and appreciated each other the only reason i can think that's not true is his response when he d- discovers that she needs mental help, if not like prison time for murdering what, three people, I think, um, send them to Arkham Asylum. Well, I think it's I think it's like straight up murdering. Well, straight up murdering one person and then being implicit in the death of two others. Okay, yeah. So one direct murder and two accessory, uh, con- accessory and uh, conspiracy. Yeah, because it was her plan. So. With all that, uh, instead of having her, like, so, like, uh, either he thinks she deserves justice and the other people, the other people in his life deserve justice and she should go to jail regardless of how he feels about his wife, or he loves her and thinks she needs help, but he sends her to Arkham Asylum. Yup. <laughs> and I can't help but feel like that that was like, oh, what's a crazy, what's a mental asylum that people know in D.C.? Arkham Asylum. Hey, don't people know that because they think it's an awful place? Shh. Yeah, it's like it's like oh yeah, my wife, it, this person that I may or may not still have feelings for, clearly is going under horrible mental duress. I know I'll put her in a gothic castle surrounded by supervillains. That'll help. It's not. It's not like it's not like fucking Brad Meltzer could have just made up a fucking mental hospital. Yeah, or like mentioned a or like uh, found a found a place because like he mentioned roughly where they're from he could have like figured out a local place that exists maybe in the real world that like helps people with mental stress problems yeah, so just, just some kind of like just some kind of like you know mid security mental hospital yeah. yeah unless the idea unless that was another dc editorial thing like oh we want this woman to become a supervillain yeah that seems like the thing like some fucking writer was like hey i want to turn one of these guys's wives into a fucking supervillain you got an idea you could do then fucking Whoever was in charge at the time, they just fucking took it. They just fucking put a bunch of the names on a wheel and fucking dart at it. It's like, hey, Mel, you're coming to that murder mystery thing, right? Well, change your whole fucking plan. You're doing this now, motherfucker. Yeah, man, and. So, and as a sign of how much, um, apparently, DC had no idea what to do with Ray Palmer. They, we don't see him again until arguably one of the worst books DC has ever made, Countdown to Final Crisis. I'm Ray Palmer. Welcome to pain. 
Oh, right. Cry for justice. I forgot. Yeah. Cry for justice. That's the fucking, that's the bee's knees. Fuck, fuck fucking Ray Palmer being able to stop the world from turning into scrappy doos. Uh, <laughs> maybe everyone was on China Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Actually, yeah. just the more we've talked about it now, I, I, for, for some fucked up reason, I'm now writing a fucking different thing in my head where it's essentially this setup, but it all turns into Mystic River where, where it's like, there's this fucking big conspiracy. It's like, oh God, this is all this happening. What's, what's happened to this? And then it's just a big fuck up. Like fucking, like, like it, like it actually was just straight up an accident. Like, like fucking, like they're. Like fucking Gene and Sue or whatever are just fucking talking, and then and then and fucking Sue's like, "Hey, come over to this thing," and then she's like, "Oh, it's fucking whatever, whatever." But then, oh, Bill, I'll fucking go do this. Whoop! Oh my god, I killed my friend. What the fuck? <laughs> and then it turns, and then it turns into this big murder mystery focused around Ralph because they make a big fucking point that Ralph is a detective potentially on par with Batman. Yeah, who does fucking and nothing? Yeah, the the it, like. The, the other big detective of the story contributes no detective work other than following the red herring. And in the aftermath of, infinite, <laughs> of identity crisis in JLA, when Batman is forced to remember what um, the Justice League did to him by a supervillain, and the the League members who were involved all come to try to apologize, including... Uh, the best, even Ralph is trying to defend this action, saying they were just trying to protect Sue, Batman. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get fucking. Yeah, it's just like fucking scrap that, and it's just fucking Ralph tracking clues, finding all that, finding all enemies, actually seeing fucking clues and shit. It's like, all right, yeah, so fucking trace the phone lines. Oh, yeah, last call was this. It goes and talks to fucking Gene, and then Gene gives a reasonable fucking discussion. Like, hey, this is what we were actually talking about. And then the phone went dead. That is a reasonable thing to fucking happen. And then, whoops, we found these fucking footprints. It may have been maybe one of the Adam's fucking villains or whatever. And then follow that fucking thread and eventually get to, oh, Gene just fucked up. That is what I fucking want with these goddamn things. I want one thing to be a fucking Mystic River. The closest we got was Batman Forever. Where, go through this entire fucking thing, Batman's looking at all his goddamn villains, and there's the Clue Master standing in the final door. <laughs> and then he gets stabbed by some jackass in a metal owl suit. <laughs> no, that could have been this. Just fucking, Ralph comes home. Whoops, wife's dead. What the fuck? They look into it. Whoops, it was a fucking brain whatever. And then they look in deeper. There are footprints in their fucking skull. Then Ralph's nose starts a twitching and he goes and goes and hunts on hunts down the case and then whoops. Hey Ray, your wife's a dumbass. Yeah. It could have been so much better. It could have been a story. Yeah, but instead which it, it was, wasn't. But yeah, but instead it was just Hey, here are some things that I thought were cool, and then my stupid justification. 
Hey, you remember that time yeah. that remember that time that a person beat the shit out of Jean Loring and then tried to hung tried to hang her? No, that was all her. She used the time she used the fucking side changing belt to jump into the fucking noose. How'd you get the belt on her? She got up there. Fuck you. Yeah. Or um, no, what this was, it's not a story. It was um, uh, to quote Dan DiDio about Heroes in Crisis, Nico, a great idea that I am super excited about. <laughs> Segway into. Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> so issue one of this like, is I, out. I have, okay, so for, for reference, I have not touched this specifically because of Identity Crisis and because I read that Dan DiDio was excited about it. Yeah. So. Sorry, so you didn't you didn't read this? No, no. Um, until the whole thing is out, and you and and you and or you are, or at least Dead Man. I don't know if this will be out by the time you leave. <clears throat> if until one of you can identify, uh, can clearly tell me this is not anything like Identity Crisis. By the end, I am not touching this shit. Well, we're off to a bad start Flat. then. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't love this issue either. Actually. Yeah, so, for the setup, in this story, we learn that Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, they set up a, essentially a, like, therapy house for superheroes. Superheroes go through a lot of shit, and that can have really bad effects on people. So, they decide to set up a little thing, just kind of in, like, a little farm somewhere, a house. It is... It is a house that kind of is built around this, I guess, I think it's an AI. Yeah, it's almost like it, it, he has, like, his own, like, robot, like, parents, like, Clark grew up with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the house, you find them all destroyed. They're, like, yeah, like, andro- like androids that they had, like, I guess, helping them in the sanctuary. It seems yeah. like, or at least yeah, they- run by them. Like, it's, it's like he's got his, um... Ma and Pa Kent, but they're robots, and they found them destroyed when he comes onto the property. So, like, it seems like, yeah, they were run not by them, but by other people and and robots. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, they were described. Um, let's see if I can actually find the description that they list in here of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, the, so the end thing of the book is of the, of the first issue is Booster Gold kind of laying out the idea of what this thing is. Uh, or, when, or when he went there, like I think yeah. that's, that's that's supposed to be that scene at the end is him asking them for help. Yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah. He's at sanctuary. Uh, he it is a, right. it is, as he puts it, the robot super reality therapist built with Kryptonian tech and infused with the will of Batman, the compassion of Wonder Woman, and the honor of Superman. I'm guessing those are the people in the cloaks on the cover. Like maybe. Because uh, we, we haven't really seen them in this issue. We have not. But I, w- but I would think... Actually, that's not true. There's some. There's one of them dead in the grass in that scene. They got a cloak, it looks like. But there's... But yeah, there seems to be people uh, No, no, in... one, of them, one of them is one of the heroes. It's the fucking lady with the mask. Okay. I just looked like a cloak there for a second, so I thought maybe that was one of the cloak peoples. Anyways, yeah, they look like these, like, I don't know, like, messiah-looking, like people like almost like <laughs> I, I don't know but yeah they're the people that apparently run this sanctuary um place and and yeah that they set up for i guess people suffering from ptsd or something yeah any uh, yeah, any fucking superhero that just has some kind of mental health problem any kind of like mental fallout from being a superhero they come to sanctuary 
where they are like treated, get some time to relax, reflect, and talk to a quote unquote therapist to help them deal with their problems so that they're able to go back to being either heroes or just regular people. And just of note, there are only two people in this fucking thing who we see who's like death could actually mean something to anybody unless you're really into Citizen Steel. Because mm-hmm. of the deaths, because of, of like the death dead characters that we get like that we get to see, there is some kind of merman, uh, Citizen Steel, a kid I have never heard of before called Hotspot. I like this catchphrase, though. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. funny. Yeah, his I'm just warming up. Yeah, I'm just warming up. And apparently Superman <laughs> can't remember that. So, yeah, they get into the house proper, and inside is dead Roy Harper and dead old Wally West. Now, for me, I mean, if you know Roy Harper, when he was back when he was Speedy, not Arsenal, which I guess he's now known as in the DCU. It, well, it was it, Speedy, it, then Red Arrow, then right, Arsenal. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, thank you. Then, um, then Identity Crisis happened. Not Identity Crisis, Crime <laughs> Justice. I'm sorry, different bad DC yeah. event. Uh, you know that he has a history of being an addict. So, of Junk. course, of course, the heroin, yeah. Of, of course, they use that as... So, Birdie, so pretty much throughout this issue, there's, like, these kind of one-in-one confessional things like they do on reality shows, almost, like, where you see the characters. It's, like, one of those classic Tom King nine-panel grid fucking the, the, him the, speaking to the Lord camera. Harper go, I have a problem with China Cat. Uh, Make no. me hold dead babies. No. Uh, so, so what we get is we get one from Harley Quinn, who is like, yeah, therapy ain't, therapy ain't for dick. Oh, God, I need therapy. Uh, we get one from Blue Jay, who is a shrinking person, who I've never heard of before. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, he shrinks. By the way, uh, by the way uh, uh, therapy's awful. God, I need therapy. Brilliant uh, commentary there, King. Yeah, and you know, Harley Quinn, the former therapist, is really the character you need to fucking bring that message across. That's one of the main my main um, problems with this issue. While I get it, like she is obviously a severely damaged person, and maybe an easy character to point out to be in this. I did not see any point of her. Like it's, I, it was weird that she was in this. I don't yeah. think there's any point of her being in this other than the fact that she's a popular character that they wanted him to work into this. Yeah. Which I'll get into later. I actually have heard some things about his choices on this. But go ahead. Yeah, and then you said the other confessional was a hot spot. But yeah, yeah, so, and, we, yeah so we got uh, yeah. Harley Quinn, who was doing her whole thing. Blue Jay, who is a shrinking guy who can't control his shrinking, and it's like bedwetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Hot Spot, who is... Is that like that joke people used to make about Spider-Man jizzing webbing? Probably. And then, oh, we get, and then we got Hotspot who um, then we got Hotspot who like uses who, like talks about his catchphrase and how he basically uses that like Spider Man's jokes, just like yeah I'm fucking scared as hell out there but I so I say that a lot so that I could just try to fucking distract myself from the fact that I'm about to shit my pants. Uh, then we got Roy Harper who talks about fucking wanting to be an addict and it it's weird. It it is. I do not know how to feel about the way this fucking thing progresses. 
I um, so yeah, I felt as a first issue, it was. Quite no, I'm, I'm talking about this specific nine-panel thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I actually like that part of it, actually. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, like, yeah, so like I like, that was probably my favorite part of the issue was seeing that. Yeah, so like, yeah, so like he starts out saying that like, hey, yeah, I got hurt a lot because all I got are fucking sticks. So go to hospital, get some pills. Then I get hurt more. So I need more pills. Then I'm going to people who aren't really doctors. Then I'm going to people who aren't really therapists. And then I'm switching from pills to the needles, you know, to save my kidneys. And maybe some money. That's what superheroes do, right? Save things. I dug the confessionals. I mean, yeah, it felt like a very Tom Kingish thing to do, but split up in between the issue, like a, a, a confessional here, a confessional there. It was interesting, at, and it kind of kept. You're kind of trying to piece together the story as you're kind of seeing these these little segments with the characters and with them coming. Like you're by the end of the issue, you get an idea. Like this is all of them speaking to the people at sanctuary when they've shown up yeah and then and then what we're seeing unfold in the actual issue is the aftermath of something horrible that that happened uh preceding uh okay i have this. to note something and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong whereas we were commenting uh, at the end of the identity crisis discussion that the book hasn't had much lasting impact since the new 52 relaunch like they don't really talk about it anymore yeah yeah uh, unfortunately, it seems like Cry for Justice still defines how a lot of people write Roy Harper. Yeah. Which is really Yeah, Cry for, Cry for Justice and The Fall of Red Arrow. Sorry, The Rise of Red Arrow. I, I believe... Rise of Arsenal. Rise of Arsenal, that's what it is. Fucking Fall believe, of Green Arrow, believe, Rise of Arsenal. I believe Tom King is also on record as saying that, uh, yeah, Infinite Crisis counts towards this. And, and yeah, this is a murder mystery, so he's obviously taking some... You mean Identity Crisis? Sorry, yeah, identity crisis is something that happened. He's acknowledging that, and it's 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 definitely given. It, it is this heroes in crisis is similar to that in the ask with the with the, in regard to that it is a murder mystery so far. With this first issue, you get that idea, but it's the murder mystery with this whole other fucking thing going on with like, you know what I mean, like these characters and their issues so it's yeah, the, i don't know this doesn't yeah. feel like a murder mystery but it but essentially it like, like this, does, it, this, this isn't like a fucking like this isn't like a uh, identity crisis it. No. Where, it is, where it is like hey one yeah. person got killed in the locked room situation what happened this is a bunch of people got massacred and then we're gonna find out what happened but that doesn't feel like a murder mystery and it also doesn't feel like the proper fucking story to tell with this setup and concept that's what I mean. It's almost like two stories are happening at the same time, but I don't know how. I mean, there is a murder that a massacre, like you said, that's been involved, and it's a mystery in the sense that they don't know what's happened at this point when they show up at this. Neither do the writers. <laughs> but like, like, tell, tell me about this. Tell me, tell me what you think would be a better story for a book called Heroes in Crisis. This I was this or yeah. actual heroes and actual therapy. I was. My understanding of what I didn't read into how what this book was going to be too much. All I heard was that that whole therapy idea, and I wish it was just that. Yeah, personally. that idea in and of itself. Because I is love fine. that idea. I love that idea, but at the same time, nine issues of that, eh, maybe a little much. No, but, it, would, it wouldn't be like nine issues. It would be like that as a setup. Like, hey, everybody comes to this thing, and then it's about these fucking heroes that either a don't get enough fucking screen time, or b we never fucking heard of before. Like, have you heard of Blue Jay or Hotspot? 
No. Yeah, no. so just like get see those motherfuckers interacting. I'll be totally down for fucking nine issues of heroes trying to be better. One of the problems I have with this too is the fact that to expound on the fact that about how we you remember how we previously were talking about whether or not there was an editorial hand how we thought there was in Tom King's decision with how the wedding went. Yeah. Um, I heard an interview with him when he was talking about this and he said when him and when he, the deal came to him and said he wanted him to do an event <clears throat> that the way that Tom King's likes working, the reason why he got books like Miracle Man, the reason that he got books like Omega Men is that he basically lets him know, listen, tell me what characters you want me to write a story with and I'll, I'll write them. So he essentially, this whole event is editorially driven with these characters that he gave him the reins to kill or to do whatever the fuck he wants with. No, he, to kill. But, you were right the first time. Yeah, right. To kill. Right. The, 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 the issue of DC Nation, the DC Comics like editor, uh, promotional magazine, the, the front cover where they introduced this book, and which had that quote from Dan DeDio I pulled, said, in this issue, one of these characters will die. Mm-hmm. Nah, in one, on one hand, I find that interesting that he's like, give me your fucking least maybe favorite characters and I'm going to try to come up with a really interesting story out of it. That's ambitious. But in, in, in one but in one hand, I think that. And then the other, at the same time, I'm like, well, that's why fucking Harley Quinn's in this. And I don't really think she's proper for this story. She is not. Like, I, like I agree. But maybe she could be in the background of a fucked up person in the sanctuary. But to be one of the main characters that's driving this first issue, like majority of this issue is just her and uh, Booster Gold. Which yeah. Booster, okay, he was he was using him in Batman previous to this, and he's you know he's also had a lot of fucking issues. So I yeah, get yeah, it. Bo- but yeah, Booster, he makes Booster's okay. He makes one of the he he makes the he makes the most sense of these characters as like a driving force for the narrative. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't mind Booster in this, but Harley. It was just like okay, man. Uh, obviously, the deal just said, "Hey, Harley's one of our most popular characters. Use her in this." Like, also, so, I, like, uh, I have ever since DC started pushing more and more the angle of Harley Quinn as the fucking super fighter. Right. I have been liking her less and less and less, and so seeing her fucking fight toe to toe with Booster Gold with only a butter knife. Hmm. I'm just like, what the fuck is this fucking, what are you now, person? Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't love this first issue. I, I, this is another, this is another case of like what we were talking about previous to the show recording of the Justice League Odyssey. I felt with that. It was just there. It was just, it was, it, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. And, but if I'm going to judge this issue on its merits as just a single issue, not in, like where I can back up, I can defend Tom King. Be like, listen, this is part of a larger story. Like it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, layers are gonna come with each issue. Like one of those type of things. Like the Doomsday Clock. I didn't love every issue, but slowly, th- like things, I'm enjoying certain aspects of it. But and and I'm gonna stick with it. And I'm, en- you know, I think once the story is told, you know what, Birdie, I think you made the right decision by saying I'm not gonna touch this until it's completely over because it's gonna read the best like that if it is a good story. Because at this point, ju- based solely on this issue. I didn't love it. I don't know. What do you, Dead Man? You agree? I, I didn't love this issue that much. I, yeah, I, I, I did not like it. Yeah, I mean like, Clay fucking man art though. Whew. Yeah, like I, man, the, the, art, the art, the art was good. The art was great. Yeah, but but the art was good in Identity Crisis. That's so the that's thing. Like... The art being good is not really a, it's not really a like yeah. point anymore. I, 
I just want to mention it though because I think Clayman has grown like he's gotten much better I think over the, the but yeah the years. so so them yeah so this idea this idea is wasted with this story that's my that's kind of my biggest thing with this is that the idea of a superhero therapy camp. Just, hey, head up to this farm, talk to some robots. They are super fucking great. They are the best aspects of the fucking gods of the superhero community. And they will help get you where you need to be. That is infinitely more interesting to me than that thing, but everyone's dead. That, that sounds like a Justice League miniseries and not like an event miniseries. Just like how DC is doing all these little five or six issue miniseries with different groups of characters. That sounds like it should be like a miniseries called the name of whatever this place is. And we just see random characters in it talking about stuff. No, that's what this should have been. This should not be an event. This should not be a murder event, as it were. That's that's why I think that, yeah, he, he certainly should have mixed in that aspect of the story. Because I think... That's why I think my favorite parts of this issue were the very Tom Kingish parts where you get the the inside look of the confessionals of the characters that felt that feels more of like some of the the things diving deep into the characters that he's doing in mr miracle while also having a story alongside it so you get but not this story with the whole murder thing i, I think you're right i think that was a bad choice yeah and it's almost as if it's a tom king book with identity crisis sprinkled in yeah and the whole <laughs> flow of the issue is also real fucking stop start herky jerky for me yeah, because it is it will be like the thing starts off with Booster just kind of hanging out in a bar, kind of hanging out in a diner in Nebraska. And everyone's like, hey, we don't get too many superheroes out here. And it's like, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, just and it's like hanging out. And then Harley Quinn comes in. She's like, yeah, I'll have some pie. I love pie. You know what? I really hate pudding. Stab. And then fucking just just that that fucking was terrible. And then we get to the actual fucking seeing of the death around and. It, Superman comes off as like very much in shock. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, th- I think, like I think, like him being in shock is written very well. Like, like yes. Like when I when I was I initi- when I was initially reading, like him trying to fuck, like him trying to remember Hotspot's catchphrase. Yeah, and I yeah, yeah I, I, it on. came it came off as like very detached to me. And then I Even, thought about and I thought about it for a second. I was like, oh right, yeah, fuck this. Yeah, it would be. Mm-hmm. And then, then we Even get, the moment, yeah, go on. And Sorry. then we get in, and he sees fucking Roy and Wally dead. Yeah, and he actually starts to call them Roy and Wally, and then mm-hmm. stops himself before he can say Wally's name, and then refers to him by their code name. Yeah, it was very humanizing, and I also enjoyed the part where he also said the thing about like we built this to help them. I I mean to help us, like like you know what I mean? Like he 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 was trying to justify the fact. No, no. We did this because we th- we wanted to do this. We thought this was the right thing to do. No, man, that was Batman and, who said and, that. No, that was that was Clark. Ba- no, at the end of it, Batman was like, "This is supposed to be our redemption." No, no, no. But there's a moment where he's looking down, where he says, "Sanctuary is confirmed." The page before that, and Clark is sitting there, and he puts his f- face in his palm, and he's like, "We built this to help them. I mean, to help us." And now, and he kind of trails off, and then he kind of puts his like that was a strong moment too. I thought that's before Batman basically says like listen we fucked up here like again this is one of those things where they 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 took a decision in their own hands and they're they're feeling the repercussions because this has gone horribly horribly wrong (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. think I think I think the strongest part. You're right. I well, I don't know if you said this, but uh, you you mentioned the good part with Superman, but the league, the main league, the Trinity parts were actually very strongly written. I thought in this scene. Yeah, I think like, they were very he, strongly written. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that that would have had way more impact if that was a sequential beat that wasn't interrupted by fucking my fucking interviews with with the people who are we are now seeing the corpses of and then right. some bullshit fight that ends with with the harley that, yeah. that ends with you killed them all but i thought who killed them yeah the harley thing was uh, i didn't like that whole scene the harley thing cuz you're you're basically getting a story told in three different ways you're getting the confessionals which who the fuck knows when that happened at the start i guess of sanctuary when these people showed up you're getting the fight that probably led into this massacre and then you're getting the aftermath all told in the same issue, so you're getting three perspectives. No, no, of man, three no, man. The, the fight between Harley Quinn and Booster—that was, wasn't the fight that led to the massacre. They fought because there was a massacre. Oh, okay, I missed that then. Yeah, See, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, got the big, much... they got the big fucking fight flying over the fields of Nebraska, and they, right. they fucking crash in a pond, both of them bleeding no, 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 out. No, no. And then Booster's right, like, right. "You killed everyone at Sanctuary," and Harley right. Quinn's, "But ah, uh, who killed him? That who did kill?" No, you're right. So that is co- happening concurrently with the uh, concurrently with the, um, the the Justice League showing up. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, but still, even so, I think it's kind of like you said, a little bit all over the place. With I don't know, I, I I'm I mean I'm gonna read I'm gonna read this. I I hope to say by the next issue I have different thoughts on it. But at this point, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. I I don't well, think I don't know. Well, anyway, if it's even as good, if it's if it's not even, if it's at least on the same realm as Identity Crisis, it can at least claim to be, and I quote, one of the top twenty-five greatest DC comics of all time. Bullshit. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> yeah, no, you're right. I forgot about that whole thing, that booster conversation. That's how much I hated this fucking scene because I didn't know <laughs> what this whole coffee. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm remembering that now, but for whatever reason, I felt like maybe this fight had led into that, but I just really, I just didn't know where this whole scene was going at the start, other than, like, we're both fucked up individuals, and we and we, we made a mistake, and, like, let's fight in the sky while I stab you, like. <laughs> yeah, let, let me, the man from the future with all this future tech, fight you, a lady and, with a knife. And I don't, I don't know if you, and even the Harley dialogue with Tom King, like it was almost as like he's like, "Hey, look how clever I'm being with this character," and it really was not. Like I was like, "Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it was yeah, it's like, like <laughs> oh, what Harley Quinn hates pudding? Well, ain't that just the fucking most <laughs> cleverest shit, you motherfucker?" Like I think it would have worked in the context of how he's been writing the Batman book, but not in this. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in the Batman book, he's been kind of doing some things like that, which is fine. Like, he has a little fun with it. But this is supposed to be a very serious tone. But like, this was a dark fucking issue. I mean, a lot. Like, it was. Like, it's yeah. so. Like, I mean, there's birds eating the corpses when Superman shows up. Oh yeah, Superman shows up and they ate Blue Jay. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem dark. That seems tasteless. A little bit. Yeah, you know, like birds kind of like Superman comes flying in. Birds goes and then just swings back, and you just see fucking Blue Jay's torso and head hanging out of its beak. I do like the choice, though, like you mentioned, that Superman was the one that turned up to find them like that. Because he's like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it like. It, it, yeah, it, there's a problem at Sanctuary. Like, Superman's the first one there. Like, how do you hurt Superman, though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, seeing something yeah, well, like you that. you hurt people around him. I mean, right. he, people even hurt him 
unintentional ways. Like, okay, as another sign of understanding characters from Identity Crisis, a scene I forgot about because I was so angry. There's this brief bit where Superman or Clark's helping out back on this farm in Smallville. And she's talking about, you need to be there for people. You need to make pe- make sure people at least know that you're there for them. Unlike that crazy weirdo Batman. And then something on the radio comes up and she says, you know, it always sucks when you lose parents. Mm-hmm. And then you just see this look on Clark's face where he's trying desperately not to connect those two sentences mm. together. <laughs> yeah. So, that, I have nothing so, else yeah, I guess so to say. Other this than is that. not all that great, so it's one of the greatest DC comics ever made. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, yeah. Not, yeah as right. you know. That's more, I, that's more a shot at Identity Crisis than it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fine. right up there with Countdown in the Elseworld book where Captain Marvel tries to kill Superman because yeah. he wants to fuck Wonder Woman. Oh, oh I'm, not, I'm not kidding, Dead Man. It was next to Neo Batgirl on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, despite how much you always think I try to defend Tom King, yeah, I did not love this immediately, and... I don't... Uh, I, for, for as much as I sometimes <laughs> neg I know, Tom I'm joking. King, I don't think this is his fault, really. I, I think this is DC editorial. I think it's after very interesting. After yeah. I read a promotional interview right. by Dan DiDio, I was like, oh, this is his fault. That's the thing. If Dan DiDio comes out to talk about any book DC is publishing, it's probably going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I've, he's built up enough goodwill for with me uh, to read this whole thing, and you know what I mean. Like, but as a f- judging it based on this, yeah, it was not a strong debut. So that's so all I'm I'm quite fine in my implication that I am not touching this book until it's yeah, over at the very I, least, and even then, maybe never. <laughs> although I will say, I do like to have these discussions. Like for me, I get actually more enjoyment out of this when me and Deadman or whatever talk about Doomsday Clock when we oh, talk sure. about no, I understand crisis. that implication, yes. but I just got so fucking angry rereading Identity Crisis. Like, no, I can't do this twice. No. Not yeah. going back, man. <laughs> Which is fair. I th- like I said, I think if if this first issue is any indication, you're making the right choice of reading like, it at like, the end. De- like Deadman was legitimately shocked how angry I was at Identity <laughs> Crisis. It was kind of amazing. But don't worry, Birdie. You won't, even if it does turn out to be shit, you won't have to read it until episode 200. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Deadman. If I do that, I'll just bring out another nail. Yeah, you probably will. But like, <laughs> fuck it, dog. By episode 200, I'll have broken the fuck down already. I'll be recording these things in fucking diapers. <laughs> it's bad, eh? It's bad, eh? Another, another whom <laughs> gods destroy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. The nail is a very different kind of bad from whom gods destroy. Oh, the nail. Yeah, the nail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's also another nail. Tell about the nail, don't you know? The sequel, another nail. Yeah, yeah there is. <laughs> In the coffin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably, probably just to spite you, I'm probably going to read the nail before we get to fucking episode 200 just so I can say, hey, guess what? I read it. So when you choose it, I can fucking be prepared. <laughs> that was the funniest, one of the funniest things I ever scene brought up in the chat was the image of that fucking like was it crypto like, yeah it was, it was star crypto. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, just fucking crypto cross with the fuck oh god that was funny anyway yeah <laughs> that was it for event stuff yeah 
Let's just get, let's just get into regular books then. Okay. So Nico. Okay, uh, I'm gonna talk about Sorry, amazing, <laughs> amazing Spider-Man number six. Uh, did you? Because I remember I talked about the first or second issue, Dead Man. Did you end up reading any of this yet? Uh, yeah, I've read the first Spider-Man? three issues. What'd you think? Hmm. Interesting. I'm not. Well, that's. I'm not sure. Like I. Right. I don't hate it. Okay. But I'm not sure. Really, where it's to go unique. with it? Because here's yeah. the because here's the thing. This whole story can see it for this first arc. This was an episode of Danny Phantom. What? The the conceit for the so the conceit for this story is that is that Peter Parker, through some kind of science bullshit, separated from Spider Man, so now they are two separate individuals. Dun, 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 He's a yeah. Slayer. What? And what is? What is his power? And one of his is him is responsibility. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the separation. Fucking. <laughs> Yeah, fucking Spider-Man is like, yeah, so I got all the powers, and I got my fucking, and I got fucking, like, the brain shit, and then Peter is like, yeah, I'm just, like, a good guy. So, 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 a couple of things that I'll quickly say on that, though. Um, for one, I, I, I groaned at first because I thought it was another clone thing, which it turned out not to be, which I actually ended up having fun with it because it's so fucking comic book wacky and it wrapped up in like three issues. It did not fucking continue for a whole fucking arc. It was like a short little story told. I read and the fact that I read the lizard is his teacher. Yeah. Like, so so I read it, so so I'm just gonna say so it, it hasn't been three. It's not three issues because I've read three issues and issue four is still about this. No, but in the first two issues, I don't think that took effect yet, did it? Or am I just not remembering uh, it? No, yeah, it started in the first issue. The first issue is he gets fired from the Daily Bugle. Uh, learn, yeah, he gets fired from the Daily Bugle because it turns out that Otto Octavius just plagiarized his own papers to get Peter Parker's doctorate. I loved that. So he yeah. has to go back to school. <laughs> goes down, goes down to the basement and finds it's out ridiculous. that goes down to the basement, finds out that the lizard is his teacher. Then in the second issue, fucking yeah, the, so it starts the, in the second one. Okay, yeah, sorry. My yeah, so then you get to the second issue, and then that's when the stupid bullshit happens because that because right. fucking Electro and Taskmaster show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then Spider Man <laughs> fucking accidentally sciences some bullshit on him, and then that makes a Spider Man. I think by issue four or five it concludes. So yeah, so maybe it's om- it's just short of like how much a regular arc would be. But the fact that it didn't, it wasn't like the whole. This is my mega story about how they're separated. I appreciated. Like I was like, okay, move on from that now because like yeah, there's so many wacky ideas going on. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. It's yeah, and, <laughs> it's, and so for anyone who hasn't seen it, I like the, for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it, the Danny Phantom episode is about a is about a fucking ghost dream catcher. Uh, that separates ghosts from things. So Danny goes through it and ends up separating his ghost half and human half into two separate entities. The ghost half becoming a caricature of what a superhero is, and then the human person becoming a weed smoker. Where fucking the other, other characters are like, Danny, fucking shit's happening. I gotta go do it. And he's like, nah, bruh. I'm fucking just chill, dude. And then his ghost half is like, don't worry, I'll save you. But they're both fucking idiots. Because if you split in half the intelligence of a not smart person. Right. Which is, yeah, what exactly Yeah, that's the episode. 22 minutes. uh, And that was one of the weaker episodes of the show. Well, 
I had fun. I'm having fun with this. That's the thing. That's the thing. It is. It is pretty fun. Like it is. It is not horribly written. Uh, fucking uh, Ryan Otley. Yeah. Just goddamn, dude. Uh, but one thing I will say is, uh, MJ looks a lot like Adam Eve. Yes. 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 It is near identical. Like yeah. the 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 invincible, invincible. character. Yeah. Yes. Because Ryan that's, Otley, of course, oh, drew oh that's like, weird forever, and that's, so that's weird. Yeah, and she's just another redhead, so it's very distracting while reading them. A little bit now that he's back with MJ. Yeah, yeah, because the two of them are back together now. Yeah, yeah, because they uh, because they, not do the they, marriage thing, but this is the closest I think Marvel's going to get to saying uh, "oops a daisy." Yeah, because they finally just said, "Yeah, maybe that Satan thing wasn't the best idea." You want to like try this again? <laughs> so, so just the recap. There was the weird splitting of the bodies <laughs> of different of Peter's uh, responsibility and power. Uh, uh, there was uh, Lizard is now his teacher. <laughs> yeah. He's forced to go back. And I, boom, I, boomerang. I like when Kurt Connors is a good guy. <laughs> no, don't you think the Lizard is the good guy too? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. let's actually have. Okay, did you guys watch the nineties Spider-Man yes, show? Absolutely. The the yeah. weird thing in the last season was when they gave. When Kurt Connors became the lizard and was stuck as the lizard, but they gave him Kurt Connors' brain, so it was just the lizard talking as Kurt Connors. <laughs> and that, that's kind of what this is, but yeah, like, they're still yeah. two separate people. <laughs> it, it's like after he finds out he has to go back to school for for a mistake that Otto made in his body, which he can't even refute because like that sounds fucking crazy. Yeah, it's like, it's like hey, <laughs> I didn't plagiarize my shit. The guy who wrote those original papers took over my body and then did those himself. It's literally the cliffhanger on the end of the issue. He like walks into the classroom and he wa- and he turns around. It's the fucking lizard in a lab. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, it's like welcome to class, Mister Parker. I don't know, man. And and the boomerang. <laughs> I, just, I, just hope, I just hope he sounds like dead, dead man's normal. But it's like, oh hey, bro, you're late. <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> and fucking boomerang from Nick Spencer, superior foes of fucking Spider Man, is his roommate. In this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, what is happening? I don't know. <laughs> Here's, so, the, here's the thing. It came up with the first issue. Hasn't been introduced since. So, here we go. Issue six. This is why I wanted to talk about it. I fucking love this issue. Thank God for Nick Spencer recognizing there was maybe five fucking people that read Superior Boss of Spider-Man because this was a love fucking letter to the fucking three people. three of them are here in this room? Yeah. Yeah. yeah honestly. Like, it was like, it, it was one of those series that if it was not on your radar, you would have pro- easily disregarded it as another fucking like like series that just because of the auto thing that was going on with Superior at that time. Even though it had nothing to do it was so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. So, in this issue, Boomerang <laughs> is trying to think up a way to raise more rent money for these three broke asses. So he takes Peter with him to that um, that uh, one of those bars that like um, all the bad guys drink at. Yeah, the villain bars. <laughs> the villain bars, yeah. <laughs> and 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 he dresses as Boomerang, and, and he takes Peter as Peter, and he's like, "Listen, man, I thought you were out of the." So he's like, "Listen, man, I thought you were out of the life." He's like, "No, no, don't worry, everything's good. I'm, we're gonna go do, out and do something fun. Don't worry, I got an idea." So unsuspectedly, he walks into the fucking bar as Peter Parker with all of his like rogues gallery in this place, and then you see some flashback scenes drawn by Steve Lever, who drew the Superior Foes of Spider Man issue, um, and it's uh, sorry issues of that series, and 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 the artist, the main artist on this, other than Steve Lever for those uh, scenes, is Umberto Ramos, which great <laughs> Spider Man artist. 
So all of a sudden he goes into the bar and he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, a buddy walks up and he's like, listen, everybody ready? It's time for Spider-Man trivia night. And Boomerang turns around to Peter. And he's like, hey, you said you're, you're his pal. You've worked with him, right? So you must know lots about Spider-Man. <laughs> So then, so then, so then, so then the guy's like, "Hey, I'm your host. The answer, and this is my lovely associate, the Living Braid." And then, and then he whispers, "Which is definitely not a Chinese-made knockoff of the Living Braid." <laughs> and then, like, and then, like, you see the Living Braid, like, doing whirs and clicks, like, kind of feeding out, like, the questions during the trivia night, and it just fucking goes from there. And and Peter has a fucking blast in the bar. He's like hobnobbing with all of his rows, <laughs> and he's like killing it in the Spider-Man trivia game, of course, because. You know, he's Peter Parker. He is yeah. Spider Man. <laughs> so, and, and 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 Boomerang acts like he's a villain, like he, he like, <laughs> called the liar. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's my buddy, the liar, and like he, he's like, don't worry, guys, he's one of us. <laughs> like, like, oh man, yeah, it's, it's just, just like, it's, it's like, hey, why aren't you wearing a suit? <laughs> I am. I'm lying about being a regular person. <laughs> Fuck, His power you apparently. Assholes. Apparently, if he lies about something, it becomes true. That's what he states that his power is. <laughs> so, oh, God. So this is just a full love letter to Superior Foes of Spider-Man and Nick Spencer in full force with his comedic side that I love so much about. This is basically Nick Spencer, again, doing Superior Foes of Spider-Man, this issue. It is the best fucking issue of the series so far, in my opinion. I had so much fun with it. Remember, like, six months ago when they announced this and we were both, like, really worried about it? Yeah, nope. That those worries are gone as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> just, just wait. Just wait. One one of these days, fucking Peter's just gonna fucking wake Nazi. up one morning and smother Aunt May to death. <laughs> as long as I don't see that side of Nick Spencer, <laughs> the one that people you know hate, uh, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm enjoying this book. I'm having a lot of fun. If, as long as he keeps it in the same wacky comic booky tone, and he gets more Taskmaster and uh, Ant Man uh, action in this issue as well. Um, they took right, out wait, the it wasn't Electro. It was fucking. It was fucking the Black Ant. Yeah, the Black Ant one, not Ant Man. It's um, what's his name? The evil Ant Man. Um, the one that Kirkman wrote for a while. Now he's evil. Um, uh, the Despicable Ant Man. Yeah, but Rory that's who this. Yeah, that's who this one is. Uh, um. I forgot which. There's three Ant Mans. I forgot which one. Uh, O'Grady, um, something O'Grady, right? Eric O'Grady. I am double checking. I think that's who the Black Ant is now. I think that's. I think it's that one because that's the one they, they they don't reference anymore. Um. So yeah. So not only do you get flashbacks drawn by Steve Lever, the uh, the uh, artist of Superior Foes of Spider Man, you get a, f- a hilarious bar scene with this rogues and Peter, just as Peter, not as Spider Man. Some great Humberto Ramos art as well in this. Just an all around fun issue. And the next issue I think concludes this little bar storyline because by the end of it, all the bad guys are really pissed off that um that they won boomerang and him basically took home the, the prize and well, yeah, uh of course, of course they fucking did because his power is whatever <laughs> that is god damn it boomerang you're still a dumbass yeah and then um and then uh kingpin ends up texting all of the bad guys while they're in the bar to basically take out boomerang because boomerang did him wrong on something like he basically turned his back on because he is actually actively trying not to be a bad guy anymore um, well, in this villain, he's still kind of a bad guy. A villain, that's true. He's not a clean. He is still, yeah, a, a, a bad guy. He does, you know, dishonest things. He's a terrible roommate. 
Yeah. <laughs> fucking scream, just, fucking scream just at, just at South, the sink. Screaming at South Koreans on fucking Call of Duty at three in the morning. <laughs> There's another scene where like he's like hitting on like Mary Jane. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> so it's like if it's like if Johnny Storm had like no redeeming qualities. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically boomerang. Yeah, I mean, he writes them exactly the same as he wrote him in Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Boomerang was a despicable person in that series, too, but he kind of was one of those guys you just learned to love, like, as the series went on. <laughs> like, he was always backstabbing everybody, but at the same time, he was, like, yeah, one of those lovable characters. <laughs> I can't explain it, but it was, yeah, really fun. Um, definitely check out this issue. I think you'd like this, too, Deadman, uh, and Birdie, for that matter. Yeah, I'm going to keep like reading Superior it. Like, like, yeah, I'm yeah, not really 100% sure on it, but I'm in. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just happy that uh, the reign of slot has ended. Yeah, yep. this is I will say that this is definitely something completely different than what slot was doing on Spider-Man. Yeah, this, 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 is, this like, is not Dan slot. And no, it feels more Spider-Man than anything Dan slots written for like the last three years. Absolutely. And I mean, if oh, you're oh, having- but speaking of stuff, Dan slot wrote, are you looking forward to Nicolas Cage dead man? Ah. <sighs> That that's. <laughs> Have you heard about this, Nico? That no. Nicolas Cage is playing Spider-Man Noir. Yep. No, I did. I didn't hear that. Yep. In into the Spider Verse, Spider-Man Are Noir you... showing up, and it's Nicolas uh, Cage. Oh, the voice of him. You mean that's the animated uh, one? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Nick Cage's fucking ragged old man body. He could not play Spider-Man if you fucking gave him CG <laughs> shit. He could barely play Big Daddy. <laughs> I um, I also think if Umberto Ramos and uh, Ryan Otley are the alternating artists on this book, I'm perfectly fine with that. If they continue oh, yeah, to both it's, it's be on the, this title. one of the best looking well, I mean, books. Umberto Ramos had drawn great uh, Spider-Man art before, so uh, absolutely. That's well, but that's what I mean. Like, it's not like they even tried to introduce a new Spider-Man artist other than Otley. They just brought Ramos back, which I'm completely fine with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to point, like, that was one of the many highlights, a uh, few few highlights at least to, to Slot's run is is the fact that Ramos was did majority of it. Yeah, right? no, so. I mean, before he went nuts with, like, Superior and the stuff after, the big time stuff was really awesome. Sure. Yeah. That was before a lot of the, the really stupid Dan mm. Slot Spider-Man shit started happening. <laughs> yeah, because I, there's also a giant robot in the fourth or fifth <laughs> issue, like a spider bot, uh, like a mech. Have you seen this, of Dead Man? Of course. Yet? Uh, I've not seen that. I've seen the Tri Sentinel, which is three Sentinels fused together That's into what a it single is. Sentinel. Thank you. Thank you. That's what it was. Yeah, the set Tri Sentinel. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. See, Ryan Otley draw that was awesome, too. Yeah, and it, it, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, so Birdie, it was a Sentinel that was the size of three <laughs> Sentinels with three Sentinel arms and three heads all fused together into one head like Manny Faces. It's so much fun. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm having so much fun with this book. <laughs> so the so fucking ridiculous. Spider-Man rips its rips the back of its head out and then fucking rides it down of rides it down as it fucking collapses into the subway like fucking Doctor Strange Love. As <laughs> yeah, as just... as Peter is in a separate panel just going, Oh fuck, I'm fucked. <laughs> So sorry if I got uh, too giddy there and just literally yelling at the mic here, guys. But oh, I just man, had we, so much. We need some I had so much. Dog. Yeah, I, I just you could tell how much glee this this issue gave me. Like no, this just seeing like fun. Yeah, I remember I, when Spider Man was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, remember, guys. Yeah, fuck. I came into Spider Man during big time. That was great, big time. Yeah, 
Like, okay, I'm not always... Okay, so in terms of, like, post one more day off stuff, uh, the Gauntlet and Grim Hunt was good, but I was... I always prefer a much more fun Spider-Man to the, like, dark and grim shit. Yeah, but, like, like fucking... Like, Grim Hunt was... Grim Hunt was fine. Grim Hunt was a good story, but... Fucking Big Time was just this real light fun story. You didn't have to fucking you didn't have to go it in there and worry about flying shit. It had my preferred black cat, not the stupid bullshit supervillain. Yeah. Back when Black Cat was just like a decent thief and a fun foil for Spider-Man. But now she's like, hey, Spitterboy, I'm a fucking demask you or murder you. Whichever comes first. But that's when I'm not constantly being rescued by Hammerhead. In every situation, because I don't understand my own fucking lane. Yep. Who knows? Maybe maybe fucking Dan, maybe fucking uh, what's Dick? Nick Spencer. Nick Spencer. Maybe Nick Spencer can fucking bring back Black Cat. Well, she didn't show up in this issue in the bar, so that she's yeah, got yeah, that going but, for her. But yeah. but potentially it could just be a thing where you get to the end of it and man, what if th- this this is stupid? This is a dumb idea. This is a terrible idea. They shouldn't do it. What if that black cat's revealed to be a clone? <laughs> Honestly, with I, would, the- <laughs> I, I, I would like to point out, Dead Man, that um, when I mentioned clones in the cat in the Winter Soldier Hawkeye story, you were like, "God damn it, Spider Man!" Yeah, I know, but. This makes a bit more sense because a this is a lot more fun and b this is a Spider-Man book. I said it was a terrible idea and don't do it. Did, in those three issues that you read, right, you said that you had that Taskmaster Black Ant scene. Was it was that the scene where they talk shit to the Shield agent who's not Nick Fury? <laughs> <laughs> or he, or sorry, he wasn't Shield, but he was something else, and they were like laughing at him. Uh, just like, no, that was issue. Uh, it was it was issue two. It was in the Connors class. Uh, okay, where there's Connors good, tried to go do something, but then he had the fucking Doctor <laughs> Doctor Octopus inhibitor right, chip or whatever. Right. There's some pretty funny scenes coming up with those two characters too in the next couple of issues you read. I'll stop spoiling stuff, but man, yeah, when the you'll fuck enjoy did it. Taskmaster become comic relief. I don't know, man, but it works in this book. <laughs> it's funny. He was kind of he was kind of weirdly comic relief, strangely in Deadpool during the Daniel Way run. Right. No, but that's he was like, like a comic. With, f- like with Deadpool, Deadpool is yeah, that's a comedy you, book. Though. You kind of got you kind of got to have like the straight man kind of becomes the comic relief when Deadpool's around. Here's the thing, though. He keeps the character as him and Black Ant, though, are fucking people up. They're just saying funny things back and forth to each other. <laughs> they so, are like, fucking it's people. Not like, <laughs> Yeah, so it's you know it's not like they're 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 not still like murking or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, Nick Spencer, it's really fun. I that's all I have to say about this book. Definitely check it out if you're a Nick Spencer hater. Um, I think this is worth a try because I think that this is. It. I've always said that about Nick Spencer. Some things I've. Like, he wrote one of the series I hate the most, which I'm not even going to mention. It, you guys both know. I'd rather not talk about that series. But, uh, but yeah, he's made some bad Nazi choices. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> and speaking, listen, of bad choices, good... let, yeah, speaking of bad choices, let me go and find that Tumblr post that he made that recounts the entire plot of Morning Glories. 
No, no, please no. <laughs> I said don't talk about it. <laughs> Strange reference to that, Nico. Uh, in the on. Hulk book this week, Yeah. Uh, the Hulk fought the Avengers, and when he fought Cap, he said, Oh, look, it's Captain Hydra. If I cut off your head, will two more take its place? <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> uh, All right. So I mean, it's grown worthy that it's still a thing, absolutely. But I, I wish they just move on. Anyways, go on. Yeah. So, <laughs> my first book. Let's talk about Justice League Dark. Yes. That's so this good. is the one Nico talked about briefly and was like not great initial impression because douche because of uh, dude bro. Um, what's it? What's his name? Uh, I I just didn't like Constantine's jacket. Yeah, dude, bro, like, Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, was trying to remember. I, I like the issue though. Yeah, Con- Constantine is yeah. barely in it. Yeah. Like the main thrust of the story is Wonder Woman, uh, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Man Bat, and uh, Bobo the Detective Chimp, mm-hmm. who is apparently also the owner of the bar with no name and like fucking Excalibur or something. Ah uh, no, it wasn't Excalibur. Um, it was um, it was some kind of bullshit su- magic sword. The super ma- oh no, oh, I thought you were talking about the supernatural team that he was part of before. Um, no, no, the, the, the thing he was part of before that was fucking. Uh, that damn it, I. Blackwatch. I the name no, of no, I forgot the name of it. But yeah, I Shadow Pack. Yes, thank you. Yeah. But no, yeah, like the the owner of the bar with no name died in fucking Dark Knight's metal. metal. Yeah. And so he, so Bobo took it over, and now he is running mm-hmm. it with Tracy Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Tracy Thirteen, how's she doing? Yeah, pretty all right. She has a decent job. She constantly flips off her boss. <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, so the whole thing with this is that magic is going nuts. Anytime anybody tries to cast any spells, they go poorly. Like it, the kind of the thing, the thing that we see is uh, Zatanna. She is like, she like casts spells like, hey, rabbit, appear in this hat. Pulls out the corpse of a rabbit. And then her hat fucking explodes in weird, horrible, eldritch, denical shit. And then she's like, hey, get the fuck back in here. And everything goes poorly and she sets the people on fire. So, so Wonder Woman goes in, tries to say like, hey, things are broken. Let's help them. And Stan's like, nah, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. Because... In the words of a lot of people in this fucking book, magic is an incredibly insular community, and anybody from outside of that wants to help. Fuck them. So, uh, and that first issue is mainly um, Wonder Woman trying to convince Zatanna to help her. Eventually, just giving up and going to drink with the with Detective Chimp before going to the Justice League morgue, where Man Bat is there. Manbat is the character who makes the least sense in this team. Yeah, you said the same thing when Nico talked about it last time. Yeah, because he doesn't... Because, like, fucking... So, Detective Chimp. He's a talking monkey who has fucking experienced the magic shit. He's Detective... Whatever. Wonder Woman. Fucking magic as balls. Swamp Thing. Arguably magic. Fucking uh, Zatanna. Just, that's, that is her whole thing. Manbat. 100% science. Like, if if this was some ultimate man bat, 
where it was like, oh, yeah, I fucking shoved a bat totem up my ass and all of a sudden I grew wings. That'd be one thing. But no, this is fucking Kirk Langstrom. Who now, apparently when he is not man bat, is still man bat. Kirk just kind of isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Because like when we first see, see what him, I mean about like the miniature like bat head though before he goes all crazy. Yeah, it, yeah, it, is, it is really weird. He looks like a fucking cartoon character, right? Yeah, like when we, when we first meet him, he is wearing like his wearing like a fucking like button up fucking shirt, uh, suit like fucking lab coat over there, pocket protector, big nerd glasses, and just a big bulbous bat head. And then he injects the shit and he turns into man bat. But apparently. He is still in control enough to not just randomly attack fucking other people now, I think. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> but I guess that makes some amount of sense because it's a book about magic. Mm-hmm. But it makes even... Uh, no, actually, that makes it even less sense because he's fucking science. What the fuck? And, and he actually has that dialogue in this about he, how he, he talks about science throughout this and how... He, he it that's what i that's what i think is the interesting thing that he works against all the magic stuff going on and believing more in science over magic as a character in this because he does mention that i don't know if it's within the first two issues that you read maybe in the third but there he does he is very conflicted at some of the things that are happening in this grip uh, you know clinging to the fact that this shouldn't make sense and this shouldn't be actually happening because it's not scientific like the things that are happening so yeah that that would be one thing if, right. if, like, this was a different book, but this is DC, where magic is a confirmed physical mm. force. Mm-hmm. So having somebody yes. there go, well, I don't believe in magic. They're fucking retarded. No, you're right. So he, he is the odd man out on this team, absolutely, because of that. Like, I think it's, it is weird. Like, it's, it's kind of like, that's what I mean. I, that's why, to me, like you said, it did make more sense in the long run. But it seemed like it was almost Tinian's move, like he did, like, with the throwing the clay face on the Bat Family book. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's, they're, how, they're, that's what, they're, what they're I thought fucking, There are, like, how many goddamn magic supervillains out there? Mm-hmm. That they, that they could have just fucking retconned or like fucking changed a bit to be like, hey, I'm a good guy now. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah, or you could just have characters who are non-magic who bring a a mindset to magic. But I guess you've already got that with Detective Chimp, so... Yeah. I guess they were just going for a macabre angle, I suppose. No, but Maybe. Why? But he's not. He's the least macabre character, though. I know. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that's the only reason I can think of. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, you want to get... Like, it's not like the Demon Knights characters, or it's not like uh, even the original Justice League Dark, which had a lot of the Demon Knights characters in it. It's just... Although some of them are the same, I guess. Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe fucking bringing, like... like they They needed something that was... Like they introduced him as science, or they introduced him as medical side of things. Like, like he he was examining the dead bodies of the fucking horrid shoggoths that had attacked everyone. Mm-hmm. Why not bring in like fucking Doctor Midnight or something? Mm. And fuck, where the fuck is Blue Devil? God damn it! Right. Who's to say though this isn't going to be one of those team books where characters rotate in and out though, right? Like yeah, it, it could be, be for a bit. or. Yeah, it could be, or more likely, it'll last twelve issues and can be canceled. Yeah, well, we've already predicted that. 
<laughs> I was like, they're already crossing over with Wonder Woman and and, uh, and some other one-shots with the fourth issue of this series with the Witching Hour five-part weekly event. Yeah. So so they're already grasping it. They're already like, well, we need to throw some yeah. other books to, in, together with this yeah, one. Yeah, just like, just like our first issue of this incredibly niche our first issue of this incredibly niche team didn't sell as good as our fucking latest issue of Batman. Better yeah. fucking sound the alarms. <laughs> Do a crossover. <laughs> and somebody's like, hey, what about Blue Devil or like Black Lightning? Put him in there. And it's like, what? No, fuck you. Get back to work, slave. <laughs> We're putting Man Bat in this bitch. People love Kirk Langstrom, right? Remember that time you did that one thing? <laughs> that was great. Yeah, Kirk... Uh... I don't hate Kirk Langstrom, but he's uh, uh, him and his monster persona. It's not quite the same as like with um, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, or uh, yeah, because the whole point of a, of writing Bruce Banner and the Hulk correctly is that you're supposed to like Banner so much you're supposed to hate it when he becomes the Hulk is the idea. But like apparently, no writer since uh, basically Pac in his heyday has wanted to do that for some reasons. Yeah. Yeah, which is also one of the problems with the character because I think he's troubled by having so many different versions that people have wrote over time of this character. Like, different type of characteristics for Man-Bat where everything kind of falls apart when you... Like, even this version. This is a completely different version from the last version. Yeah. You know, so it's... Yeah. So I, I get I get why, why you're questioning why he's on this, this team, absolutely. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Still, though, I am enjoying what I'm reading. Yeah, I think it, I think it's all I think it's all book with a decent hook. I like most of the team. I like Detective Chimp. Just, I haven't read that much about him. I have. It, it's a weird fucking thing, and I don't know if it's just because I'm an idiot. But I have barely read a fucking thing with Detective Chimp in it, and I fucking love him. Yeah, because he's one. Of, he's one of those characters that's kind of a holdover from the gold and silver age that people like and he shows up all over the place but people aren't necessarily sure what to do with him mm. yeah like fucking the weird the, one of the weirder things actually looking at the fucking cover like the promo art for this thing is I was just I was just looking at it thinking why does Detective Chip why does Detective Chip have a sword that was my thing not because he's a detective by good man he still must fight the good fight <laughs> Yeah, so give him a fucking flintlock or like a fucking sword cane or something, not a fucking broadsword. What what you what did you think of the uh, Doctor Fate twist in this uh, issue, the second one? Wasn't really a twist because anytime they introduce Doctor Fate and the story of magic's going wrong, he's the one behind it usually. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, Doctor Fate is one of DC's most recurring villains. I like Doctor Fate. A lot, so I liked uh, that he showed up. <sighs> anyway, that's all I got, Birdie. All right, um, should I keep up the positive train for now, or for now? Because I've got one. Okay, we'll sandwich it. So, yeah, I've got one last bad one I have to do, but it'll be a fun bad one. So, but first, Red Man, the weird shit. So, do you know what this is, Dead Man? I know Nico doesn't. Oh, Nico Deadman just left. So uh, I know that I know that Red Man is a rapper. Yeah, that's not and what this meth. is. Him and Meth. <laughs> yeah, it's him and Meth. They're smoking up dead presidents to try to cheat at Harvard. How high, baby? Word. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so what this act so what this actually is is a western adaptation of an Ultraman adjacent series. Mhm. Ultraman. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. So Nico, how much do you know about Ultraman? Uh not much. I mean, I know that right now there's a manga currently of it. I know that he's an old Japanese like I think it was a show or something in like the 70s. Other than that, I don't know that, much. It, Old Japanese show. The, <laughs> that's is that even accurate? Point. I don't know. No, it's I don't, like, okay, so Ultraman. Okay, so the guy that created the original Godzilla suit, Eiji Tsuburaya, started his own production company in the mid '60s. Okay. After working with God, after working with with a lot of Toho money for so long, mm. uh, the, the big creation for the series was called Ultraman. And mm. what Ultraman was was it was a it was a alien super giant being that merges with a human to defend Earth from giant monsters. Okay. Okay. Do you know what Ultraman looks like roughly? Or oh yeah, what? absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, I I I'm like I have the image of him in my mind. I just really don't know yeah. too much about him other than that. Yeah. So there is more Ultraman shit than Godzilla shit. Mm-hmm. Like he literally never went away. They have made. I think 50 different TV shows with him between the 1960s and now they've got one currently airing. He is a very popular character in his very many, uh, but the, okay. So in this case, this is when you, the weird that you said seventies because specifically red man is another superhero in the universe of Ultraman. That was a short run TV show from the mid 1970s. So, okay. And it's weird in that, okay, so based on your experience with Japanese superheroes, they're not usually slasher villains, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Because this is going to be a weird one for you, and I think Deadman's now back, so I can tell him to. Yes, I am back. Uh, The premise of Red Man is that... Giant monsters watch an intergalactic TV show of a kill or be killed murder planet with all with a whole bunch of giant monsters trying to survive on the same planet as an Ultraman hero named Red Man, whose whole thing is he has a giant sword that he stabs people with. <laughs> yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking at some I- images right now. I like I looked them up when you were t- talking about that. Yeah, he seems. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a serial killer Ultraman. <laughs> and it kind of fits the, the characterization because he is in the first five or six issues, which I okay for reference, this is written and drawn by Matt Frank, uh, one of the one of the definitive Godzilla artists. Ever. Right. He actually went to Japan and got the rights. He knows the people at Subaraya. Uh, he goes to Japan a lot. Um, He's a fucking weeb. <laughs> he makes a lot of money being a weeb, and I would not knock him for that. Oh, no, I wish I had the ability to just go to Japan on a regular basis for work. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude! If I could, fu- if I could fucking like get enough bank to be able to live comfortably just by like fucking spitting some Japanese shit, you think I'd be doing this bullshit? <laughs> no, man, I'd be out there and fucking whatever that guy's the male version of Yukata is. You, you talk, get out, you talk. I don't know. I'm not weeb enough yet. Pay me. Patreon.com slash no yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, the first six issues, uh, the closest thing I can compare Red Man to Dead Man is Jason Voorhees, because the only thing he ever <laughs> says is red. <laughs> In six issues, he once collapses at his feet, going, Redo, after having decapitated a giant flying crab bug. Redo. He seems to have some other Ultraman-adjacent powers, but he seems to have no control over when they happen. His only thing is he punches, he kicks, he stabs. Can he do, can he do the cross-arm thing that then sends out stabbing lasers? Uh, he hasn't done that yet. He has some kind of beam attack, but he doesn't seem to be able to control it. This shit is weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at some of the fucking images and like, goddamn. What? What the fuck is this image I just posted in the chat? Um, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> okay, that's not that's not the red man I'm pulling from. Let me show you what I'm pulling. This from. guy looks like a like a messed up Santa Claus here. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, red Fair man enough. is friend of children. Oh, this says God man. What the fuck is that? It's Number a different one. character. Oh. There okay. are like eight thousand of them. Yeah. No. Like as a like. When I told Vico, had he ever heard of Ultraman, he's like, it can't be that big a thing, right? Oh. I was like, oh. Oh, honey. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I knew he was around for a long time. I just don't know much about the character. There are 8 billion Ultramen, about half as many Power Rangers, about half as many as there are Power Rangers. Yeah, I'm learning that now. This is uh, quite something else. <laughs> what, would you would you say the number would you say the number of uh, is the number of Ultramen closer to Power Rangers or Common Rider? Um, probably Common Rider. Like, I mean, okay, if you mean series, it, Ultraman dwarfs them both. No, I but, mean um, number of people. Yeah, closer to Common Rider, just because Common Rider doesn't usually have huge teams, unlike Power is Rangers. It, is, it, is there more Ultramen than uh, than X Men? Probably. Yeah, okay. totally, dude. There's a lot of X-Men, though. There's a lot of fucking unimportant X-Men. <laughs> yeah, but they are probably just as many unimportant unimportant Ultraman. Right. Interesting. Yeah, no, I didn't know this. I just thought there was just the Ultraman. I didn't know there was different variations. Huh. Yeah, so, like, there's not a whole lot of story, really, to this <laughs> book. Because, like, I mean, all we've seen so far is, like, mm -hmm. there's a TV, alien TV it's commentator like telling us that... D that Monster shit is happening. Some of it's comedic. Most of it's just dark. <laughs> like, there's a scene where two monsters find a giant brontosaurus-looking monster and try to ask him for help, and it looks at them, charges towards a tree to eat more. And then they just go, aw, as they're decapitated. So yeah, and it's the main reason I bought this is because I'm a huge fan of Matt Frank's art. I mean, he's not James Stokoe. But if yeah, you can't get James Stokoe, you, you get Matt Frank. <laughs> like, no one else even comes close after James Stokoe and Matt Frank. And I'm saying that quite seriously. I'm trying to load yeah. the image, but it's taking forever. Yeah, this Matt, this, this Matt Frank art is uh, really nice looking. I'm looking at some yeah. of it. Oh yeah, Matt Frank is a really solid artist. Yeah, like his his the series he's most known for is Godzilla Rulers of Earth, and that is a solid Godzilla series. If you ever want to just get some Godzilla mm -hmm. action, Nico, but I just posted the Ultraman image I post I was talking about in the chat. If you want to look at it, I don't know if you can see it yet. 
Mm. So yeah, that's Red Man. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that's the crab, fl- the flying crab monster thing that he's about to decapitate. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. <laughs> Looks like Mothra's yes. bastard child. Yeah, like I'm mean, I... the shit out of this fucking thing on that cover. <laughs> <laughs> and look at like he just has the biggest fucking smile on his face while he's doing it. Yeah, well, he, he, so I mean, he, he has no, he has no expression because <laughs> the, that because that's just a like a grid on his face. No, I, I know, so, but just like the way but, that it's yeah. drawn, the grid looks yeah, like a smile. So he is a good guy that just kills people. Is that what you're saying? Uh, okay, is... this this is the thing that this is the weird thing about this setup. If you know anything about Ultraman, the monsters are the bad guys, and the right. the the giant human humanoid looking hero characters are the good guys. But in this setup, we are on an alien planet where a human looking giant human carotenoid character is just going around killing kaiju, most of which have done nothing to him. We have no <laughs> idea what the fuck is happening. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> That's funny. And like the only one that s- survives him is the one whose only superpower is he can't die. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it's a lot of fun. It should be on Amazon now, I think. I I mean, I I bought into the pre-orders for this thing when he was drawing. He's actually working on the second volume now. It's supposed to be out later this year. The Man's Insane. Because, like, if you see, like, all the art in this is colored. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not black and white, and it's all this detailed, mostly. Mm -hmm. And And now, hmm? I was just going to say, is this, because I see that at least the image that you posted looks like it's, it's like, not in English. Is this in English, this comic? Yeah, no, this was the Japanese, this is the weird thing that, Nico, this is a Japanese reprint of an American comic. Oh, okay, cool. It's a yeah, reverse would... manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this looks awesome. And better than that usually sounds. Mm-hmm. Who publishes this? Um, uh, What's the company called? Night Inc., I think is what it's called. It's not mm-hmm. one of the big publisher mm-hmm. companies. It's but, independently made. But there is a collection out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was released in, nice. as a collection. All of them are really going to be released as collections, apparently. Mm. I'm intrigued. This looks really yeah. cool. <laughs> All right, so for anybody wondering... um. Redman, the Kaiju Hunter, is currently available on Amazon um, Canada. Uh, it is uh, thirty bucks plus six fifty shipping. Ugh. Wow, they screw you. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to Canada, motherfucker. Yeah, it's true. Here's your, here's your Tim Hortons, you... the kick in the dick. <laughs> and then we also don't receive it in a in a <laughs> in the mail properly either half the time. <laughs> nope. Even when you say drop it off at the door, they will not come to your door. Not even attempt to try to come to you. Not even attempt to try to come to your door. Let alone actually be physically at your door, and no. then instead drop it at a post office where you have to walk down to the, down to it in twenty five degree weather with one hundred percent humidity. The thing that infuriated me about your comment, though, and I was actually kind of happy that someone else ha- this happens to, is the fact that they don't even leave the slip. So your package could be there, and you won't get the slip till like two days later. Yup. <laughs> well, no, no, actually, that, that's the thing. I don't get the slip until after I come back from getting it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's it's frustrating unless you track it or something. Ugh. No, that, 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 that's what I do. I make sure yeah. that every single fucking package I get has tracking. Fuck you, Canada Post. Birdie? <laughs> Eat ass. 
through rain, sleet, hail, or snow, through rain, sleet, hail, or snow, but not through a one-floor walk-up. That's right. Yeah, that's right, dogs. Cool. Bark in protest at Canada Post. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this was a really fun one. <laughs> I mean, particularly, I mean, Dead Man, I think, aside from Jason X, I don't really much like the Friday the 13th ones, but <laughs> watching this, I can kind of get the appeal. Just kind of the ridiculous, absurd comedy murder of it. Particularly after, like, am I wrong in saying that's mostly where it went after, like, the second one, maybe? Um, Because I've only seen Jason X after the second one. So, I have seen most. The Manhattan one was pretty hilarious. Yeah, the Manhattan, like, I think it's it's after three they start getting really ridiculous. Yeah, the Manhattan one for me. Yeah, because, like, like, uh, like, the first one was about the mom. The second one was Jason with the bag. And the third one was where I got the hockey mask. Then in the fourth one, I think it goes to hell. No, I thought that was later, but whatever. He's That's been he's important. been to hell a few times. He has like a fucking frequent flyer miles to hell. No, yeah. but like that. But that was my whole, that was just what I thought of when I was reading this. That like mm-hmm. that just the comedy murder of this one guy, <laughs> like all these horrible monsters who mostly are just trying to go about their day, except this one fucker just keeps killing them. <laughs> Damn it! I want that as a movie now. <laughs> I want a movie where a bunch yeah. of horrible fucking monsters are just murdered by a guy. <laughs> a reverse slasher. <laughs> yeah, j- just like just like some kind of like I think it might probably it'll probably work better as like a fucking like fake trailer or like a short film. Oh sure, yeah. But just but like just you got fucking demons and all kinds of other horrible shit like gathering at a house for gathering at some kind of place for some kind of weird party and then like a priest walks in and everyone's like, oh my God. And everyone starts dying. I said, no, it's not priest. It's just Steve. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hi, I'm Greg. <laughs> and everyone just starts screaming and you just see Greg. All of a sudden it's a knife ripping the heart out of a demon. Or, or like he's doing it while selling you a timeshare. Yeah. It's like, it's like, let me tell you, Acapulco is lovely this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I see you're upset, but I assure you that I have a great pitch. Just listen for a few minutes. <laughs> Please stop waving my own arm at me. <laughs> Just rips so, yeah, out uh, somebody's heart. It's like, wow, that is a stressed out heart. You know what would really relieve that stress as he crushes it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if um, the price of shipping stuff from the U.S. to Canada has gone up for, uh, under Trump. It probably has. But if, if it's relatively cheap, I'm almost tempted to just order it over here and send it to you. <laughs> because it's so much less expensive over here. Yeah, it is It is stupid. Let me actually, yeah. let me actually check. Because, I mean, it might not be now, but the last time, the cheapest I've seen it was like $14, $15. Uh, so... Amazon.com, uh, twenty three fifty seven plus buck fifty shipping. Okay, I must have just seen it when it was relatively cheap. Sorry. And it does ship to Canada. Huh. Yeah, but then when you do the conversion from Amazon.com, it's going to cost about the same as you just said on our site. I'm actually, I'm actually checking that. I'm going to be checking that and seeing what I can fucking okay. get away with. Are you, <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you good then, Birdie? Should I move on while he's checking? Yeah. That no. Or? This is okay. This was fun. Unless you guys have it, any other questions, I, I'm just going to stick. 
It does sound actually a lot of fun. If we can find a cheaper copy, I'd be interested. Or I might have to find it by other means. We'll see. <laughs> that sounds yeah, pretty fun. I mean, fun I know also, you work though. at a comic book store, Nico, but since this was independently produced, yeah, you have to, I, like, I don't know. It's to be sent. Okay, right. so the sh- so after the exchange rate, uh, the the book in American prices is about a buck sixty cheaper. Yeah, it's not really worth it. But no, it's the same shipping thing. It's like it's like, hey, you order from the yeah. states and get it. Order from the states to get a save a buck sixty. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, move on, Nico. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, Justice League number nine. Uh, this is the Scott Snyder Justice League book. Uh, once in a while, I guess at the end of arcs, James Tinian comes in and he writes like a one-off issue centering in on one of the um, villains. Uh, I think is the setup that they've established now because he, he did that like a couple of issues ago and I think I, I read Scott Snyder said it online like on Twitter or something that that's what he's going to do now like whenever they do a, a villain centric issue where they kind of just center it on one of the, uh, the villains of the uh, Legion of Evil or whatever Doom whatever it's called yeah <laughs> um, so so yeah, um, this was my favorite issue of the run so far, I would say. I've been kind of back and forth. Um, I, I remember I talked about this series when it first started on the show. Uh, it is a double shipping book, so it's, I guess, been a few months since then. Um, uh, the art team on this has been consistent throughout. I think Scott Snyder, uh, I know we give him a lot of shit because of the fact that he, he usually doesn't stick the landing and I haven't loved everything he's done. Uh, I think this, for the most part... He is trying to either channel like the best of like the best of maybe like the Morrison Jale era or like maybe some of the good John stuff. I don't know. It's hard to say, but it definitely it seems like Snyder's trying to tap into something where um he's 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 writing a good Justice League book. I've liked this for the most part. I think the main issue I've had with the first arc of this story, although it seemed big and ambitious and worthy of a Justice League book, is it was it was bogged down in all of the mess that came as a result of um the conclusion of Metal, moving into No Justice, moving into this. And and this issue number 9 gave it a second to breathe because it was one of those classic issues like Let's just have fun and take a look at what's going on in these people's world at this point. Kind of like, you know, like the, the X-Men, let's all play baseball issue. You know what I mean? So, like, it's it's one of those issues where it's like this is a little breather in between big story arcs where Superman is doing some stuff on the moon, kind of dealing with some of the fallout of what happened in previous issues. And, and all that kind of stuff is still happening throughout the issues. Like, they're trying to take care of some sort of uh, neutralize some threat that they they were kind of dealing with. Naturally, uh, I won't. Yeah, I won't get into all that because that wasn't the reason I love this issue. It was the fact that in this issue you get to see their headquarters, and and there's a scene where there's a two-page spread of the cafeteria in their headquarters, and all the Justice League teams are there eating. So <laughs> you got the Justice League Dark, you got the Justice League, you got Justice League Odyssey. They're all just kind of hanging out. There's no Dark Side or any like that, no Man Bat, but you see different characters. Well, that's just racist. There. <laughs> exactly. They're not like the bad guys, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a great, like, uh, and, and something you guys might enjoy. Um, guess who makes an appearance as the cook in this cafeteria? Who? Ferdinand from Rucka's uh, Wonder Woman. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
He's the cook making any meal that they like they can think of. He's able to whip it up. Huh. In this in this cafeteria, which I thought was pretty cool. When I see them, that, I was like, oh, That's yeah. not the coolest chef Wonder Woman's ever had. But she's yep. also had a Minotaur serve as her head chef when in her in her embassy once. So that's kind of a low bar to clear. Well, that's what Ferdinand is. He's the Minotaur. Oh, okay. So I wasn't yeah. sure if that... Okay. Yeah, yeah Ferdinand. That yeah. So when he popped up, I was like, oh, look, it's Ferdinand. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Like, I didn't expect to see him in this. So the fact that they had the two-page spread and you see him in the background and then uh, John Stewart and The Flash are having a discussion about kind of what he wants to eat he's like i, I want this drecker's triple decker it's like this is the hall version of it and, and, and john stewart's telling uh the flash and he's like he's pretty amazing eh, ferdinand he can whip up anything you, you you want like you could basically just say yeah i want a burger from this place that's like in another country and he can create it for you and he's like i don't know it's not the same and then the flash zooms away and brings him back an actual burger from this place that he wanted right so <laughs> uh, and then from there they go into um exploring all of their actual rooms that they have in the like all the actual main justice leaguers have their own uh space so aquaman has like uh he's got like a he he brought his old father's old fishing boat in and like you see like there's a whole like area where he's got like this wooden walkway that leads up into this old fishing boat on the water and this is kind of aquaman's lair and then you see batman batman's is just you just see a one-page panel of like a, a steel door that just says keep out <laughs> it's just like yeah yeah this is batman's lair and then you see superman's um area it, it kind of has things like up on the wall that are like of his family and uh, uh you know um that remind him of in crypto's little dog bed and, and things like this like things that you know that he enjoys like family and all that wholesome things and then you see um and then you see Wonder, um, sorry, Hot Girls, and it's all like uh, trophies and weapons and relics and this kind of like so 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 they show you every single Justice Leaguer's room and the setup and kind of their way of thinking and their 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 way of like getting comfortable in this new Justice League headquarters. Man, and, I would love just a real fucking swerve. Because we find like Wildcat's room, just got a beaded curtain instead of a door. Wildcats. <laughs> Yeah, this old so grizzled just... Vietnam guy, but you walk through <laughs> and you walk through and like set up like a seventies porno. <laughs> You're hey, talking about up? the boxer, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put, puts, puts on like a, puts an old like forty five of some weird like jazz shit you've never heard of. That's kind of racist. That's so fucking random. How did you come up with that? <laughs> I wanted that. That's what I'm saying. I want something like that. Like I want you to go to hot girls room. And it's like fucking outside. Just all fucking weapons and shit. You go inside. Just a bunch. Of, just a bunch of bu- just a bunch of fucking pictures of Rainbow Dash. That she drew herself. <laughs> well, the reason they get into this is uh, Wonder Woman is having a trouble figuring out what she wants to do with her room, like her spot, and what, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, of I don't course, know, like bondage gear and bondage gear and shelves after shelf of fucking <laughs> lesbian porn. So she's having a discussion with uh, Aquaman about this, and he and 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 then you get you know two or three pages of them giving brief descriptions and a look into their uh, own rooms and kind of how they set it up and all that and and things like that. Like I love a good map. Like I love a good you know I mean I, I like these things in comics. Like I nerd out when I see stuff like that. Like oh, seeing yeah. all the all the little nooks and crannies of like things like this where they normally wouldn't explore or have time or actually bother telling you. I oh, really yeah, I enjoy this issue for that. So for me. I kind of like nerded out with this and I thought it was a good, like I said, like a nice breather issue where it was just kind of giving you like a, a look into their lives and, and not only of the current 
bullshit that they're dealing with as a team, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, like I said, it was just an enjoyable issue. Um, I think if you haven't read any issues up to this point, this is a good jumping on point, I would say. Like, there is things going on that lead into this that's all big part of a bigger story that Snyder's telling. But if you want to just kind of get a feel for the way that he's writing these characters and, or their current setup, I think this is a good indication of that, this issue number nine. So, um, so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this. I think it's a good series. I am enjoying it. I think it is one of their better titles, and I think Snyder's doing a good job with it. Um, like I said, I'm going back and forth every other issue and in terms of like the long drawn out storytelling not everything's my favorite but i think i think he's hitting the mark most of the time and i think that that's pretty good uh good for snyder and uh and uh yeah i'm interested to see uh what he does next with this book so yeah justice league yeah all right so moving on uh let me talk to you guys about batman damned (laughs) is is this the one with the dick yorp yep and we're not talking about grayson Word. <laughs> you already saw. You already see some of that bat dick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious. The second that issue came out, DC was like, "I am so sorry. We are so sorry. We are going to be taking that away." But yeah, so uh, this book uh, it is similar to the uh, Joker book that uh, like it's it's similar similar like in tone writing art style as the as the. Uh, Joker book and the Luther book that Brian Azzarello had previously written. And this is about Batman um, and him working with Constantine. Because Bruce keeps having like flashbacks and nightmares of him as a kid with the Enchantress there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I... Mm, I'm not... 100% sure how to feel about this. This is a weird one. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked Joker. I liked... Um, Luther? I liked Luther, yeah. Yeah. And so getting into this, uh, well, for one weird thing, it's a lot of white on not black for, like, like, like a lot of the... Uh, like the, the entire thing is narrated by Constantine. Mm-hmm. Like just the entire time, and so it is this. So it is this like white script over everything. No box, no backing to it. So anytime it is, anytime like the lettering is on anything that isn't a really dark color, it gets kind of hard to read because the font is very like. I'm not. I'm, I think calligraphy is the right word. It looks like a kind of script. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that great in terms of like reading that stuff out and. I'm also not sure what it's going for. Because I get to the start, and uh, Batman is in an ambulance, having apparently been stabbed in a few places. And all the paramedics are like, all right, yeah, so we got to fucking get Batman fixed up. Should we take off his mask? So they get some scissors. And they start cutting, which apparently works. But then Batman wakes up, beats the shit out of the fucking two paramedics, and throws the cop out of the back of an ambulance. And then just starts running around until fucking Constantine finds him after he has a hallucination about his parents, saying like, Hey, you're doing good, dude. Don't worry about it, bruh. And, yeah, there's all this shit happening with fucking... Goddamn, uh, with fucking... Const- with Bruce and the Enchantress... We get to see a lot of flashbacks of his dad, and his dad was apparently like a massive philanderer. Because pretty much every shot we see him in, he is drinking and hitting on someone who isn't his wife. 
Mm-hmm. The point where like we actually see Bruce as a child almost die because his dad is too busy fucking getting the Mac on some lady on a bridge. Interesting. So no flashbacks of his mom whatsoever during these. Uh, no, she's there. It, she's just there looking oh. at her husband like, what the fuck are you doing, you piece of shit? Yeah. Also, he's making him look like a real dirtbag then. Yeah. Also, the Joker's dead. Yeah. See, that was the surprising part to me because I heard that the last cliffhanger page that shows this thing with the is 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 really the big shock, not the fact that he has his balls hanging a little to the his dick hanging a little to the left in the dark. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I thought I I heard that was the more shocking thing reveal of this issue was the Joker yeah yeah Joker yeah Joker dies and he goes back and talks to Constantine and mm. Constantine's like uh, yeah Joker's dead or he isn't you live in the afterlife as we see a statue of Jesus painted up like the Joker with ha 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 written over written all over it in blood yeah he was crucifixed right I uh, know uh, yeah. it was the it was the straight up big ass crucifix mm. Mm. yeah that's fucked up so he, so yeah he's dead. Like, that's for sure. Or he's I'm a like, ghost. Is he, right. Like, that's what I mean. Like, is he tripping throughout this whole thing? Or we're not sure at yeah, this point. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, like, like him beating up the cops, that's one thing. And then him seeing, you know, hallucinations right. of his parents. And then when he gets back to the Batcave, uh, he strips naked. Right. Where we see the shade of his dick. Uh, walks forward and just kind of, like, begins asking the back of Peter to run every possible fucking um, test they can, can on him. To see what's up with them, and they find nothing wrong. And then, as he's getting ready, as he's getting ready to put into disguise to go back into the streets to find out what the fuck happened, uh, the bat suit comes to life and tries to grab him. And so then he is curled up on a ball, crying on the ground, saying no, which then cuts to him in disguise, where we get to meet this version of Dead Man, who apparently isn't wearing a suit and it's just all muscle. Yeah, all that red shit, that ain't muscle. That's just fucking. That's just fucking musculature. Including the collar. The collar is made out of fucking muscle fiber. And whenever he possesses somebody, they get just like a retarded amount of varicose veins popping out of them. Like like the fucking musculature is overlaying with their skin. And he calls just possess dogs. Just for the fuck of it. And Zatanna's like doing street magic, I think. I don't know. There is a there's a lot going on here that I don't fully grasp yet. It may take a couple of like rereads through just trying to fucking figure out what the fuck is up. But for now, this just seems like a lot. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And Nico's power went out. Damn. Hopefully he didn't lose too much of the recording. But anyway, yeah, Batman Dant. I am not sure how to feel about it. As it is, I am... Is this another one of the series from the um, the imprint that created uh, uh, White Knight, the Black Label? Um, Yes, it is. Okay. That's why I, I get to see his dick. Handle... I can't get a handle on how I feel about Black Labels. White Knight's not bad, but... Yeah, I don't I'm not know. sure if, they, if I can call it this like DC's answer to like Marvel's Max T, uh, Marvel's Max run from the early 2000s. Yeah, I don't think I it don't is know. yet. 
Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, the series is only three issues long, so I'll probably be checking out at least the next issue. Yeah, I just I don't know how to feel right now. Anyway, Birdie. All right. Uh, shame. Should I do? In, do you think Nico's going to get his power back enough that we can come back, and I should save the bad one for that, or should I just go straight into the bad, bad one? I'll just go for the bad one. Okay. Anyone who cares, I have to put that in possible. Um, a Venom movie came out last week. Apparently, my roommates are really looking forward to it. Okay. I know. My roommates have weird taste in movies. Like 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 there are people there are people who come here who hang out a lot and a non and a not insignificant number of them were like, "Yeah, the Ghost in the Shell movie was really good." It's adequate. <laughs> yeah, like I I have one I have one of my roommates who Straight up told me that he doesn't really base movies off of like it doesn't base what he thinks is a good movie off of like you know the story or anything like that. He bases it off of whether whether or not they have the three B's: boobs, bombs, and bullets. He legitimately thought that on television shows, each character had their own assigned writer. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, like, 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 like he was talking about uh, Captain America from uh, from a fucking Avengers show showed up on a Spider-Man cartoon, and he was like, and he was like, yes, when that character showed up, like, did this writer just go over to the Spider-Man side and he just write with the team or what? Hell, he didn't know that most TV shows were written by more than one person. When I had to fucking like sit down and essentially yell at him that that's how it worked. And only recently did he notice that episode that episodes of TV TV shows have written by credits for different people. I live with a moron. Uh, yeah. For uh, Nico, since you missed it, uh, we're talking about Venom. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the movie, or uh, well, right now we're talking about the yeah. movie. Well, no, right but, now I'm shitting uh, on my roommates. <laughs> for liking the movie? <laughs> uh, well, A, for being interested, and then B, for not understanding how basic things of the world work. <laughs> oh, God. One of my roommates actually asked me, like, hey, Captain America showed up on this other show. Did Captain America's writer move over to the show with it? <laughs> he thought that's, that's how funny. TV shows work. Right. <laughs> uh! He has shortened my lifespan by at least two years. Just from talking to him. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> so anyway, fucking Venom. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not talking. I'm, I'm just like, apparently people care about that. For some I, reason. I, I don't. They, they care about a PG-13 edit of an rated over two hour movie about just Venom with no Spider-Man. Yep. I don't get people. Nope. But um, the reason I bring this up is because a prominent character in the movie, is, uh, Michelle Williams as Anne Wang, his his ex-wife, um, which meant that, oh yeah, 
I never talked about the issue that introduced She-Venom, so let's talk about Venom Center Take-All. She-Venom? Yeah. Where Anne Wang wears the symbiote. Is that anything like Mayhem? No. Oh, fuck. Remember, what's, that, what's that orange-looking one? Isn't that a woman? That's uh, that? Agony, I think, is what she's called. Okay. I'm ashamed I know that. Oh, but, uh, good no. God. Yeah. There right. you go, dead man. I forgot she existed. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this character before. And the last time we talked about it, you were like, oh, my God. Just, oh, oh my God. <laughs> who Who thought? Who... Who was sitting down? Dan Slot fucking wrote this? Did he? he? He's listed as a writer on comics and com on Comic Vine. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's written apparently by Larry Hama and Dan Slot. What the fuck? <laughs> what did I? What did you? Very Hama. Now, <laughs> this. No, I just, need, just, we need just to stop. So you know what we're dealing with, Nico. <laughs> we need to stop. No, I am going to talk about this because this is the kind of bad I can enjoy talking about. I'm like fucking identity crisis. <laughs> Why is this issue one hundred and twenty-five dollars? Because. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking at the picture. <laughs> like maybe even that's the first printing of it because it was from the big boom of like variant cover shit from the '90s. Who but drew you can this get, cover? Uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg Luzniak? Greg or Scott Cope? I don't know either of these people. Oh, God. I, but, Look at that side tit and the fucking line on her ass. Dude, like, what is yeah, going on we, here? We know. Someone has <laughs> masturbated to that. <laughs> no, but like, even they took the time to even show like the ass fucking grooves in, in the Venom symbiote. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the cover was Scott Koblish. Yeah, and based on the style of all the other covers in this series, it seems to be pr that same writing couple. It's just this is the most infamous one because oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Deadman, you know who Scott Koblish is? That was the guy that did all the weird flashback Deadpool issues during the Jerry Dugan run. Oh, and actually, so actually, it's Luz so, sorry, it's Luzniak and Koblish, because Luzniak is the penciler and Koblish is the inker. Eight. Okay, okay. <laughs> Bride of Venom. There are three inkers, <laughs> so, sorry, there are four inkers, two pencilers, and two colorists on this book. Sorry, it, sorry, on that issue. That's a lot of fucking people to work on one issue of this Venom series. Jesus. That's a lot of fucking people to work on an issue of anything. Yeah, yeah. Let alone this. Yeah. <laughs> because in the mid-90s, dead man, nothing sold like Venom. What about Evil Ernie? <laughs> I, I don't know what that is. Oh, I do. Evil Ernie is basically what if an Iron Maiden album cover was a character in a comic uh, book? Yeah. 
I'll pull up your pic- I'll, I'll, I'll pull up a picture while you're talking about the book. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this is the most '90s thing I've ever read, <laughs> and like bad '90s. <laughs> You think? You say that Look at now. the name of this story. Even the pun is horrible. <laughs> Sinner takes all. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's man, I found, I found an even better fucking cover. Hold on. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so, for those who care... Um, Which is no one. When Before Eddie Brock was Venom... Um, he was a reporter for the Daily Bugle, and the story that got, uh, when he, the reason he got fired is because he falsely identified a serial killer going by Sin Eater as the guy, as, um, the real perpetrator's neighbor. Peter Parker got the correct information and called him out on this, and it got him fired and ruined his reputation, and soon after that he became Venom. Man, remember so, remember a time in journalism where if somebody produ- where somebody printed uh, like knowingly false information, they got fired, or even unknowingly false information because I don't think he knew. But. Yeah, just just like back in the day, and then like Breitbart happened. Yeah. So anyway, um, a ne- there is a new sin eater, which is basically. Um, uh, religious conservative Zemo, basically. Because <laughs> he has the sock head with the weird um, head thing. But he speaks only in, in Bible verses and, like, Samuel Jackson quotes from uh, Pulp Fiction. Well, he sounds <laughs> insufferable. <laughs> I am the Lord! <laughs> I shall strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger. Oh, it was Jaywalk, man! Imagine that character with no self-awareness, Nico. <laughs> or that kind of dialogue with no self-awareness. Call it divine intervention. <laughs> That's the Lord hilarious. said unto thee, eat lead, bitch. <laughs> mm That is a tasty burger. <laughs> Does he say that during this? <laughs> I wish. That'd be more fun than this. <laughs> he just fucking better just rolls in and like eats yeah. somebody. <laughs> okay, so that is a tasty New Yorker. <laughs> and just just starts talking to Venom and Venom just goes. <laughs> It's like, oh, you. It's like, oh, where are you from? Do they speak English? In? Yeah, a mugger rolls up and tries to take Venom's wallet. Mine's the wallet. Says bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> we so, are so, having so much more fun. You, you see why I didn't want to stop, Dead Man? We yeah. are having so much more fun talking just, about. Just some this. guy rolls in, just like, just like right to fuck you. I was like, you killed my dad. It's like, does he look like a bitch? <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, my does dad. he look like a bitch? <laughs> what? <laughs> Say what again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, God. sorry, Bernie. <laughs> that was good. I had a good laugh on that. <laughs> <sighs> so, 
So anyway, uh, Sin Eaters shows up, uh, currently Anne Wang, who is uh, mostly the focus of this one, it's not Venom or Sin Eater, uh, is working as a legal assistant to a defense attorney who just finished getting someone out of, out of a murder charge. Uh, so Sin Eater just shows up and shotguns the uh, defendant, his lawyer, and hits Anne Wang, but she put up like her briefcase in defense, so she didn't suffer, she didn't die instantly, she just had a mortal wound. But it's one of those shotguns from, like, Doom, where she flies back, <laughs> like, 30 feet into a car from the edge. Oh, it's been a super shotgun. That's it might as well have been, because he was using a two-barrel sawed-off, and it hit like a fucking... It, 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 you've seen Max Payne, Dead Man, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, the movie was bad. Yeah. Like, so anyway... Really bad. Um, Anne Wang is grievously injured, but taken into police custody at a hospital t- to protect her in case Sin Eater shows up again, which he does. But these are the most useless cops ever because, you know, red shirts. Yeah, it's like, no, oh, look, oh, look out. It's a man with a gun. We're just cops. What can we do? There's no way we can stop a man with a gun. The rhino? Yeah, we, uh, that's more our speed. But a man with a gun? No. Nah, son. Yeah, fuck that shit. Call, I, call an Iron Man. <laughs> hey, Fantastic Four, there's a man with a gun. Help us. Yeah. So, um, it, when, it, when Venom goes to... It'll, it'll, Eddie Brock goes to see... Goes looking for Anne Wang... Uh, as Venom, just trying to figure, just to like to hide out somewhere for a while, and he hears about the attempted murder of her of his ex wife on the TV that's on because she apparently just keeps on all the time protecting burglars. Yeah, that's an image. <laughs> <laughs> is that the gun? <laughs> uh, yes, that is the super gun. <laughs> what oh, the shit is this panel? The best part about it is how much he's freaking out in the background. <laughs> it's just like, ah! Yeah, Christ. <laughs> did, did it fire a meteor at her? <laughs> no! <laughs> Remember what I said? Super shotgun, dead man? That's a pistol. That's a, that's a double barrel sawed off. Yeah, that's a pistol. Best- the best is that you could see all the shotgun pellets in the fire yeah, that's raging a, towards her. That's a fucking that's a fucking shorty that is able to fucking fire shotgun pellets like a rifle. <laughs> Look at that fucking clumping. There is no spread on that. I think you need to make this the art on the uh the, sh- the episode. <laughs> Why? But well, there's so much more bad art in this comic. <laughs> The, the best is her reaction, actually. I take it back. Her reaction's better than Venom's. She's like, eee! <laughs> and Venom... Like she's ate. just seen a mouse. Yeah, and Venom, surprisingly quiet, no. No. You- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. How dull did, surprise. How did he even get the no out with all that fucking green shit coming out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she'd just be... <laughs> Like, 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 it doesn't even look like he's trying to save her. <laughs> he's like, oh. no, that, that thing, it looks like he's, looks like he's trying to infect her. 
She's like, no, don't kill her. I need to make her my seed. I need to make agony, goddammit. Oh, Do you have any idea how hard it is to find something to fuck with when you're a fucking symbiote? <laughs> so anyway, Venom manages to stop Sin Eater from killing Ann Wang, but not stop him like permanently. It's just so, but almost every cop in the hospital is dead except for the for the SWAT captain, who is the most Irish man you ever seen, don't you know? Hoity toity fiddly dee potatoes. Oh, we'll be bah. finding the senator and bringing down a righteous hammer of justice on him. Boy, oh. Why do I even bother with this pistol? I should just get me hay. <laughs> it's like, oh, the senator's in there, is the right he? right darn thing of Jameson's, don't you know? <laughs> it's like, Sergeant, hand me my shillelagh. <laughs> I'm going to show this senator what for. Hoity oh, hoity fiddly tea. So I'm just going to let you guys, t- I have to take care of something, so you guys just talk okay. about the art in this book for a second. <laughs> All right. Do we have more to riff off of? I don't know. <laughs> I, the, the side part is, I know if it was listening to this, it's kind of like bad podcast. We're like, we're talking about an image we're looking at, but it, it's so funny and fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is actually the most fun I've had on this show so far. Oh, man. Just us making stupid jokes about fucking Venom. <laughs> oh, man. Venom fucking sucks. Yeah, he really does. It's funny because, like, the more ridiculous the image, like, I'm just looking at some of these images, the more f- f- funny they are. <laughs> like, like, it's... <laughs> Like I, I actually have more fun with the, how ridiculous the the images are. Yeah, in this. And actually, looking at this image, it looks like Venom's the one shooting her. No, I know. There's so many different fucked up things happening in this one image at the same time. Yeah, like she's going bug eyed. Uh, she is holding the blanket in such a way that only one of her tits is showing. Venom is just all tentacles. Just all tentacles and fucking barfing Nickelodeon gack off of the fucking the fucking inch like tapeworm was crawling its way out of his fucking mouth. He's grown like five times as many teeth. He's starting yeah. to look like he's starting to look like the tick. And then, and then you got the ridiculous fucking gun. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's a shotgun that he's holding and using like a fucking pistol. Like that would blow you into the next fucking room the way he shoot that. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. There's just certain. There's just several different dynamics to this, this. Oh god, and then and then you got the expressionless fucking E. Yeah. <laughs> e. As there's like a flaming hot fucking ball of shotgun pellets aimed at her, like going towards her face. Yeah, and still Venom's there, just like no. <laughs> it's like no, stop, come back. Oh, man. <laughs> Bernie's just uploading other images. Yeah, yeah, Bernie said, okay. yeah. So that's the first time we see She-Venom. Yeah. Because at the end of issue two, to help uh, protect Anne Wayne from her wound, from her gu- open gunshot wounds from that fight, um, he takes her into the sewer. You know, safe place for you know, people that have wounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, why not this house? Why not any of their houses? To the sewer. 
It's like, oh no, you have an ex- you have an open wound exposing your innards. Let me take you into the fucking gray water and sewer rats of the New York sewer system. Oh god, that's where it'll be safe. A day later, I don't know why she died. Like I, I never think I was supposed to. I took her into the sewer with an open wound. Great pick, yeah. Birdie. I need you to talk more more venom. <laughs> I was saving this miniseries for a special occasion, and I thought between the release of the Venom movie, which had Anne Wang prominently in it, and the fact that I needed a palate cleanser after fucking Identity Crisis, yeah. I needed to talk about this yeah. shit. Yeah. We got a surprising amount of material from it. Well, I'm not done yet. I know, but just... This is... That's the thing. You just, you just said what the book was, and we've been going for half an hour. <laughs> Say God. <laughs> yeah. So to heal Anne Wang, uh, Eddie argues with the symbiote, saying, "Go cover her and use your abilities to heal her. I'll be fine for a while. I can resist the emo scream of it's of sundering our connection for a little while if it will save my ex." <laughs> and I wish I could find it, but I I think they were trying to be uh, artsy, but when the symbiote suit first covers her it doesn't like turn into uh this just like a black goo covering her it turns into a white sheet covering her like a funeral veil okay and then the most like slack jawed yokels show up (laughs) cletus oh hi there what the fuck you doing to your sewer Hey, get away from that lady. Get your get your hand off her, you weird alien goop. I'm going to show you how to do things down in fucking Rochester. I, I, I'm dead serious. That's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> you kind of got a little... I'm hope. Uh, okay, see, this one you're going to have to open. It's the only one I can find where it's both She-Venom and uh, the Yokels. But the I think the preview features it. And oh my god, the art on this thing. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this he's is looked- how they start issue three, the one with the infamous cover we he, started with. You know this, what this but- looks like? These looks like these look like characters from Crossed or something. Like what is going on? <laughs> Even Crossed has better artwork than this. No, but just like the look on their faces. It's no, yeah, like-, <laughs> like like one of them like one of them turns around. He looks like if Wolverine was inbred. Like, it looks like he's about to hate fucker with the baseball bat. Like, yeah, just like, <laughs> the chain guy is the guy who was the voice I was doing earlier. And then yeah. there's just Thor. Jesus which Christ. is Eddie Brock. <laughs> right. I keep forgetting Eddie Brock was blonde. Yeah. Is Eddie Brock and, and, just this and, journalist, this ripped blonde dude with, long, with like fucking shoulder length hair. Like, he's like fucking Hanson. Yeah, but to to add to to Nico's thing about it, hate fucking with the bat. The other one goes, I don't know what it is, Cletus, but it sure as heck is female. Oh God, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here. But God dang it, this here's our dead body now. What is going on in this book? Like, look at this. It looks like he's molesting her in this image I just put on. Like, what is going on in this fucking book? That's the first shot after the E shot you showed earlier of him covering her from the sh- from the shotgun. Why the fuck is that cop using a lighter? Because the power went out in the building, but 
God. That's no. Oh yeah, because it's not like cops have flashlights on them. <laughs> not so, these so, cops, don't you know? <laughs> like so, fucking Christ, that is the thing that is confusing me the most about this right now. Is just so, is just like this cop got like oh no the power's out. Don't worry guys, <sighs> I got a bick. So, so Bertie, is there any resolution to this? <laughs> like what happens here? Okay, so who cares, um, man? <laughs> after the sin eater attack on the hospital. Um, the cops put, uh, they, they think that maybe the guy that was implicated before him might, cause all the evidence led to, suggested it could be him according to dumb cops last time. So they thought, okay, maybe we're right this time. So they stake out his homeless shelter. <laughs> and arrest him when they find, uh, guns, bullets, uh, bombs and Bible verses in his bag, along with the the Zemo sockhead helmet. Right. <laughs> but it's not him because, of course, it's not. Yeah, it's fucking homeless. <laughs> no, it's the other homeless laying next to him. Oh my god! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we need to stop, please. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I have things I need to do later tonight. I can't be thinking about this forever. <laughs> oh, okay, God. so one more final uh, right. minor plot point. Oh, um, God. Is, he, is, he, so, is he covered in dynamite? <laughs> yep. Yep. Is he an idiot? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Those teeth. <laughs> yeah, like... He, it's like he dislocated his jaw to get more protruding, because teeth more protruding. And, and then the woman below, she's doing the E scream again. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's not saying it, but it's the same yeah. face. And is so she also dead man? Um, and like, here's an interesting thought about what you just said. Um, people have said that the Venom movie is like a PG thirteen Edge Lord shit take on the mask, and that face kind of lends to that, <laughs> right? Why does why does it look like the top half of Anne is a five year old boy and then the bottom half of her is a fucking like <laughs> sexy woman? Well, you know how you were saying put venom head on woman body thing. <laughs> I think they do that just for all women artwork. <laughs> yeah, but the there's usually the top bit too. But again, that the fucking the fucking top part of her in that image that was just posted, it looks like her name is Chauncey. <laughs> Listen, he has to wake up the next day to go to lacrosse practice. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. So, aside from vent from Venom fighting Sin Eater, uh the only other minor plot point that matters in the last two issues is that after An Wang has a <clears throat> literally like six pa- six panel like a uh, six page, like so after that page you saw of her as she Venom, there's like three more pages and that's it until Issue five when she briefly wears it again, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the only other thing that matters is that randomly on the side, um, a woman, a woman contract killer, has taken the hit, has been taken a contract on Venom. So to do it, she gets. Like incendiary bullets in a gun and kidnaps Anne Wang to draw Venom out. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> she summoned him to get Venom out. Is that what you just No, she no, she just she just kidnapped Anne Wang and oh, held her hostage. <laughs> I I committed a horrible crime of kidnapping somebody. Surely Venom will be the first one to arrive. God. I mean, yeah, New York City. So it all, there aren't superheroes ends, here. It all ends in a clusterfuck of uh, Venom getting shot and it hurting a little, but not much. To which leads to the off, awful line of "What do I need to kill you? A tactical nuke?" <laughs> oh God! Isn't the whole symbiote thing sound? What a sound! It's sound and, fi- it, and fire. <laughs> I did not. I did not know fire. All I, all I, all I remember was sound. <laughs> sound yeah. is the big one, but fire has come yeah, out before. If you remember the Spider-Man animated TV series, he takes them out with a church bell, if I recall correctly. Yeah, well, that, that's from the <laughs> that, That's the book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that seems taken from the original yeah. uh, Black Suit system costume <clears throat> series. N- not, I'm not saying this horrible piece of shit. I'm just saying in general. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> but, so it all ends in a clusterfuck of uh, the... The contract killer trying and failing repeatedly to kill Venom. Sin Eater showing up to try to kill Venom and Anne Wang by blowing himself and the whole apartment therein up. So Venom just kicks him out the window. Naturally. And he blows himself up. Yeah. With all that dynamite strapped to his fucking chest. <laughs> He's a smart man. Uh, the, the contract killer gets up and tries to kill Venom after he's jumped out the window. And Anne Wang just bashes her over the head with a lamp and that's it. Mm. All right. Mm. <laughs> God. That that was So fun. can you see why I've been holding this as a secret weapon in <laughs> case I needed it? <laughs> yeah, this was fun. Yeah, Just so I... That took a lot more out of me than I thought. <laughs> and Nico, you said you had like crazy hours to work tomorrow. I do. This went on a little so, bit. Oh, long, crap. Don't break the show again. So, you want to just go straight into news and then wrap things up? <clears throat> yeah, I'm good. I mean, I know this the episode's going long. Uh, the last book I, I was going to talk show. about. I didn't the... want to break the show. No, the last book I was going to talk about, I actually didn't quite enjoy anyway, so I, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Same with my last book. All right. <laughs> and uh, end with this uh, book, it, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'll just say you should read Shanghai Red. I, I've heard it's good, so yeah. yeah I'm glad it's interesting. Okay, okay. So you both have read it. Okay, that's, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up then when it, co- it comes out and trade. So then, nice. That's what we're reading then. On to news. So first up, uh, we have our first look at the new Patrick Gleason designs for the upcoming Young Justice book he is working on with Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So an image was uh, released, a little like teaser, not teaser, <clears throat> like promo image of. Our look at uh, Kid Flash, Superboy, and Tim Drake. Connor's back. Yeah, I'm yep. excited for that. That's pretty awesome. I like that piece of news. Yeah, of and he's coming back with the leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? As as much as I know some people hate on some of the 90s, especially Death of Superman stuff, I, I love that design. Like, I'm a fan of it. Like, I, I, I grew up with that because I remember reading, like, Death of Superman when I was despite you know if it holds up or not i don't know but i, I i'm a fan of the the super bowl boy design like this personally uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know about you guys but i like it yeah i, I don't mind it it it's <clears throat> it might it, seem weird now it's but... a li- it's a little edgy but it seems like the kind of edgy that a teenager would be into 
Mm-hmm. And le- unless I, what a fucking like 25 year old will be into. Well, that's the thing. I think what they were going for at that time was the emergence of all these new Superman in the in the in after the death of uh, Superman. It was kind of like, yes, yeah, the punk rock yeah, Superman. Like, I'm like, Superman, watch out, I'm a Metropolis you know? kid, bitch. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I dug it. Like I, I, I understand what they were going for. Like let's make a cool young Superman, you know. So yeah, it was the nineties. Yeah, so, that's yeah. Bart Allen as Impulse, kind of the classic, or at least yep. the design I'm most familiar with for Bart Allen. Yeah, Mark and, Wade uh, and just made from, him. If, yeah, if and, mistaken, and just from that right? fucking, and just from this image alone, like already a lot of personality coming out of that character. Uh, Gleason's great, great pick for this book. I uh, yeah. yeah. And then we got Tim Drake down there, who has regressed. Yeah. Started out as Red Robin. Well, started out as Robin, then became Red Robin. Then he went to Red Robin, but dressed as Robin, and now he's just Robin again. Yeah, I'm honestly fine with that. <laughs> so, how, what's this going to mean for Damien? Then is he still going to be Robin? Yep. Or? Okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I know that'll be confusing, but I need a Robin <laughs> who isn't a psychopath. No, I... Fuck I've, never re- I've never read it, but I've heard a lot of people find Bart uh, annoying. Like, I, I heard Mark Wade created the character, but I heard some people, like, some people don't enjoy... I don't know about him in the cartoons or anything like that, like Young Justice, but I know that the actual... Like, some people didn't like this character, Bart Allen, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I, I, that's from I don't know. Have you guys had any experience reading any of his stuff, like the Mark Wade stuff, or because um, he had his own series? Umberto Ramos used to be the artist on the series Mark Wade wrote when they introduced. Uh, I haven't read much Young Justice. I bought the first collection. I haven't read it yet. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm... but Impulse had his own series back then as well. Mm. Mm. Okay, I'm not familiar with that one. No. Yeah. So as we got, uh, you can find the images for that um, out there in the on the internet. Decent enough first look yeah. at these characters. And let's see where this goes. This. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be getting the first issue of that in January 2019. Yeah. Nice. Now, I want to bring in a bit of news just because it leads to a funny story. I'm pretty sure Deadman was going to talk about this anyway. So Deadman's going to read Green Lantern again. Ah, <laughs> uh, Morrison, right. Yeah. And he because and the specific response, question, question answer thing we had was, well, at least you're going to read Green Lantern again, as we were talking about Identity Crisis, and he said, nothing can make me, you can't make me, you bitch, and all I said was Grant Morris. He's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> exact words. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> dot, and, dot, he's, dot, fuck. and he's stated that it is going to be a space cop book, which is... Yeah, space cop. Because, you know, that's what, yeah. that is what Green Lantern is. Yeah, Green Lantern's right. a fucking space cop. He ain't some fucking Jesus bullshit. Get fucked. No, I know, but that's what's awesome. Like Morrison just cuts straight to the core of the character, just like that. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a space cop book," and then I'm like, "Yes, on board." What the fuck accent was that? Was Greg that Morrison was like horrible Scottish book uh, accent? It sounded Jamaican. Well, he he has a little bit of Jamaican in him. I don't know. If hey, man, it's Grant Morrison here with the new Green Lantern book, Bombaclat. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, to all the Jamaican these drugs that there. allowed him to ascend to the fifth dimension, man. Ah ah ah. The ring brings him closer to Jaw. Yeah, I'm kind of like Paul Rudd's character in uh, <laughs> that, that, that one movie he did with Jason Segel. I can't remember the name. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. But I wanted to mention that because I thought it was funny. <laughs> so then, continuing on. So, for the past couple days or so, Marvel has been releasing teaser images of the new Guardians of the Galaxy team. Oh, yeah. Yes. 
Uh, originally, it was an image of, let me see here, of 11 characters. And and it was kind of revealing them one by one. And now we have all 11 revealed and six of them will be the new guardians. Who are, yeah, who, who will those six be? Do any of us care? Those are the questions we need answering. Yeah, well, this is just like, ah, this, I'm is, this is Marvel trying to make us think, you know, positive thoughts about Guardians of the Galaxy, so we don't have to think about the other Guardians of the Galaxy news that keeps coming yeah. up. I, yeah, I've liked a lot of the stuff that Cates has been doing, he's the writer on yeah, this, yeah, so it's I'm Donny on, Cates I'm on book, board. Uh, written by yeah. Jeff, uh, sorry, drawn by Jeff Shaw. <clears throat> yeah, of um, of God Country and Paybacks, all those books they've done, and, and Thanos, yeah. For that matter. I'm on board. I mean, I've loved everything he's been doing lately, but this cosmic stuff he's been doing lately, like the Thanos and Cosmic Ghost Rider, I've been really, really digging. So. Is that is that weird that Marvel's doing more with their knockoff dark side than DC's doing with actual dark side? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good point, though. <laughs> so then, here is who we have as potentials. We have Star-Lord, Darkhawk, Firevel, one of them, I guess, Cree. Uh, yeah, Cree. Yeah. Beta Ray Bill, Gladiator, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock. I think that's Moon Dragon. Yep. Uh, Nova and Groot. Yeah, it's Rich Rider uh, Nova too. Yeah. Please, Beta Ray Bill. Please. Yeah, I Beta want more of my Bill. goddamn lightning horse. Goddamn it. I love Beta Ray Bill and. Um, Silver Surfer is always cool. This is kind of some of the Annihilators team that the Abnett and Landing did for uh, their cosmic stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried if they do bring Silver Surfer into it because <laughs> Silver Surfer, I feel like he only works as like a character when he's kind of like paired up with like a person. Mm-hmm. But so having him be part of a team, it would just kind of be. I feel like it would just be kind of him. Just I'm the well, weird one who was like cosmic. Well, fucking I mean, whatever. he worked in um, Defenders. Yeah, Defenders. Defenders. Yeah, yeah, he was in the Defenders for. a I long never time. read Defenders. It was reasonably popular, and he worked well. He he strangely could have a really interesting conversation with Doctor Strange. Hmm. It was fairly common for that to happen. <laughs> All right. All right then. Continuing on, Chuck Wendig. Has been fired. Yeah. Um, for, for what? Uh, so Chuck Wendig was the writer of uh, Sh- Star Wars Shadow of Vader issues four and five, as well as an as of yet unannounced um, Star Wars project. Mm-hmm. He apparently went off on Twitter, I yes. think. Uh, so Political or? Uh, at Comicsgate. Oh. Uh insulting them and he got fired or he no. is part of comics gate. So here, so I have not checked out his uh, full Twitter thing yet. Right. Cause I don't even know if, I don't even know if the causes, like the tweets that were there are still there, but right. according to comic book resources, uh, the cause of the firing appears to be consistent and sustained harassment from the comics gate sub community. So we got fired cause other people were harassing him. What? But is he part of comic? Like, is he like on the side of like, he like he's one of those creators that like, I couldn't tell from the discussion. Okay, so that's what ac- I'm according to this. So according to this, the harassment began shortly after the release of um, Star Wars Aftermath, a novel that he wrote back in 2015. That's right. It, yeah, yeah, we're introduced. Uh, we're introduced a character named uh, Sinjir Rath Vilas, 
who is a oh, traitor yeah. to the Empire and one of the few <clears throat> openly gay characters in Star Wars. I heard about this. Yeah, this caused a lot of... Yeah, anyways, go then on. The yeah, star, then the Star Wars this. community and Comicsgate, they flipped their fucking dick. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, so, God, how dare you introduce gay people into my space fantasy, you fuck! And then it continued. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as like they got rid of him because they couldn't deal with the shitstorm of people that were going to yeah, apparently, retaliate against yeah, this. Apparently, yeah. he was, he, apparently he was fired uh, because of, quote, the negativity yeah. and vulgarity that his tweets, <sighs> that his tweets brought. Well, that fucking sucks. Yeah, I just, mean, just, yeah. just, yeah. He introduced a character. He introduced a. He introduced one of the very few openly gay characters into our mythos. Then everyone started shitting on him, and you took the people shitting on him side. Well, the same thing yeah, actually well, happened recently to that Mockingbird writer uh, for Marvel as well. She yeah, was announced yeah. as the Vision writer. She was doing that new Vision series. And yeah. Okay. Canceled. So this was a story I've been wanting to add. So I've yeah. never spoken with these people. But you working in a book in a shop, I'm thinking you must have at least heard something, Nico. Right. Is Diamond the spawn of the he- spawn of hell? Diamond, like Diamond retailers. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I I don't have a negative outlook on them. But how so though? Like because because think, Diamond they- Publishing has kind of a near monopoly on individual issue distribution. <sighs> Sure. Yes, and they're because, the they're the one game in town. If that's what you're saying, absolutely. Yeah, and because yeah. of that, what they decide is the because that's the reason this right. came up is that Diamond decided that the pre-orders for individual <laughs> issues of this series were not high enough mm-hmm. for it to oh. even be worth coming out. Oh, okay. See, I didn't I didn't hear that uh, that that part of it, but. Um, I mean, we just hate on Diamond because they fuck up orders a lot from that perspective. <laughs> as, a, as a store, Diamond's bad for that. And they're also been accused of sending Marvel copies out to us uh, and other stores, for that matter, just to up the numbers. Because sometimes yeah. they accidentally... Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, the, the, exactly. they are, since they Since they are the company that controls distribution to individual right. stores, yep. they are the ones who care most about individual issue sales. Yep. Whereas most people would say that the large majority of people who read comics these days don't read issue to issue. They usually read collections yes. or digital mm-hmm. uh, distribution. They don't yeah. read pay- because they don't, so they don't go into comic stores. Right. So, and you would think that the industry would want to try to go kind of correct away from that. Yeah. But as long as Diamond is the only game in get town for distributing yep. individual comics, that's not going to change. No, you're right. You're right. I didn't know where you were coming up from with that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, they're definitely monopolizing the whole situation. Yeah, they, they, they so they, so they do have fucked over a, a, a lot of people in that respect. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right then. I, yeah. Moving on to our final piece of news, and it's a piece of news that I am actually really happy about. In 2019, we're getting new goon. Yes, I heard this. The goon is fucking coming back, assholes. At his publisher, I believe. Word. Yeah. Yeah, so Eric Powell, um, who fucking... I guess he did goon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Eric Powell, uh, he has his own publishing company now. Albatross Funny Books. And that'll be a new... F- the hell, we have a new fucking goon series in 2019. Mm-hmm. It will be the first new original goon shit uh, since 2015, so four years, and it will also be uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary of the series itself. 
making that fucking remember they were making the goon movie or there was like that concept film release with paul giamatti it, as the fucking little guy it, i thought he was doing an an- animated film yeah, for some, something like that but no like paul right. giamatti was the voice of the fucking buddy oh really yeah <laughs> Uh, also, one more quickly, just before we wrap up. Good news, guys. Uh, they have just announced Iron Fist has been canceled from Netflix. <laughs> it's the first Marvel series to get canceled. Nice. Yeah, I just read it on my Twitter feed. Apparently, there's a whole article about it. Apparently, yeah, it's canceled. Very nice. That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, no, it no. does not. No, it's not shocking at whatsoever. Yeah. Season but. one was horseshit. Season two was not good enough to make up for season one. I didn't even see season two. After one, I was like, I no one know. did. That season <laughs> yeah. one left such a bad impact, and taste in people's mouths. Even though they tried to correct a lot of the problems with season with season one, season one was so bad, no one cared. What's going to yeah. happen to Colleen Wing now, though, guys? And she'll be around. <laughs> maybe she'll. Maybe she'll. Maybe she'll. Uh, Migrate over to uh, Luke Cage, where she can actually do Daughters of the Dragon. Yeah, her and Danny are. Yeah, her and Danny are going to be moving over to Luke Cage. They're moving to Harlem. <laughs> All right. huh. Oh well, season three of Daredevil looks interesting. At least it does. Well, it's, actually, it's, pu- yeah. it's pulling from a well. One, it has it has Bullseye in it. That's the and thing. It's pu- <laughs> it's also pulling from a really popular. Daredevil storyline. So the only thing I am not really that into is the fact that he's going back to that bullshit black costume. Right. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I guess that's because of the Frank Miller stories that they're pulling a lot of this from. That comic was very prominent. That costume was very prominent, but it doesn't look good. It Particularly, does not. Uh, I know it's like he doesn't want to be. That's probably going to be in his. I don't want to be Daredevil phase briefly, but. I hope it's not in there much. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping. But anyway, that's good for this week. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back. It's on fucking point with more of this shit. Dylan, I'm dead. And Barty has purged his rage. He's at least the beast. <laughs> I'm Nico. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>